It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Quiet. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fire and Pod, a podcast where we recap all things House of the Dragon. I am your host, Katie. I am here on behalf of Silent Podcast, where we are anything but silent, and have some maybe unfamiliar faces to you if you typically tune in live or listen to us uh, on a weekly basis. Chanel and Javier both are unable to make it this week. Uh, feel better soon, Chanel, and Javier uh, is unfortunately has a work conflict, but if you have listened to our Star Wars coverage on the high ground, you may know both of these lovely co-hosts who are joining me today. Um, I'm here with Naomi and Matt, who is a frequent guest on our High Ground podcast. Naomi is my counterpart, co-host for the High Ground. <laughs> Naomi, how are you today? I'm good. Am I your dyad or what What was the Star Wars? You know how they were like in the, I don't know, that, that's a question for another time. I'm great. I'm in Game of Thrones brain. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> okay. like, mm, let me switch for a second. <laughs> sure. I'm like, I'm like, we're just named after each other. We're just different generations yeah. of like another Aegon. No, I'm great. Kate. Yes. I'm happy to be here with both of you guys. Um, I love House of the Dragon so far, and I and I love Game of Thrones when it was good. So what what a treat to be here when it's actually good again. Right, I know it is so good again. Matt, how are you? Thank you for joining us. I'm good, no problem. Am I a frequent guest of the other I podcast? Know what, like Two? three times? No, Two, I think twice. Times? Right, twice. Our well, most there, frequent guest that we had. Six episodes, so that's yeah, that's I mean, true. So that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's pretty frequent. Almost fifty percent. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm excited to to be here. I'm a fan of Game of Thrones. I only read the first two books, um, and I didn't read anything for this for what's the book called it's called that 
Fire and Blood. Fire and Blood, right. Hot D. Hot D. Hot well, D. Yeah. <laughs> That's a different book. <laughs> right. So I know of it. I'm trying to stay as unspoiled as possible, which has been difficult because I have theories. But I've been really enjoying – it's been getting better and better. Like every time an episode comes out, I'm like, I don't want to watch this just because I feel like I have some PTSD about Game of Thrones that mm-hmm. like I just don't – like I feel like I don't want to watch. But then it gets better every episode. So I'm excited. It gets better, kids. It really does. <laughs> it really does. Naomi, how are you feeling about this season so far? I know you kind of said Game of Thrones is good again. Is that your official I, stance? I mean, Matt took the words right out of my, my mouth. Like, I am trying not to spoil myself because I'm so interested in how the story is going. I feel like this is a great example. I think, Katie, you and I know for sure, like, Star Wars loves to do a prequel. And you're like, why did we do this? This added nothing to the story. This is adding so much to the story. And it's a prequel. So to the point where I don't even really think of it as a prequel. I just think of it as like a separate occurrence in the society that they live in. Anyways, I, I really appreciate that we are getting to see a different side of what Game of Thrones can offer because I find that things like who's going to be king and like who gets to sit on the Iron Throne are actually some of the most boring parts of Game of Thrones. That's my hot take. I actually find those parts to be the most interesting part of Game of Thrones. <laughs> I feel like, and not to just completely disagree with you, well, but I'm about I? to. I, um, like, the battles are cool, and but, like, you know, the White Walkers kind of flopped. They went nowhere. Um, you know, the the journey to the Faceless Men was a flop. Like, there's a lot of things that were, like, kind of floppy, but I felt like the interpersonal relationships and just the dynamics between the houses was some of the most sure. needy, interesting stuff. And I feel like it's probably because it was all George R. R. Martin's doing and not like the shitty D&D writers from um, who like build in some of the other stuff. And it feels like because George R. R. Martin is so heavily involved in this, it's why it's so rich and good. I th- I think the strength of that show was its pacing and yeah. character development. Right. That was like basically the entire show was just like this is slow, but like it really lets you get into the characters. Um so, I mean, I've, they're doing the same thing here. So that's really, it's nice. I mean, well, I, we're doing some skipping, so it's not as yeah. slow. Well, a lot of skipping, but yeah. it does feel like there's a lot of character development because we're just focusing on the same group as opposed to, well, with more children. But, you know. Yes, I mean? always more yeah. children. Every episode we have more children. And let me let me specify, Katie, because I, I do agree with you, like the, the parts of it where it's like the battles, oh, the prince that was promised, like the prophecies, the whatever, the sort of, Side of Game of Thrones where it's just about who wins, I think is more what I mean. That oh, yeah, drives totally. me nuts. The like, oh, Danny deserves to be queen. I just rewatched Game of Thrones uh, season one, episode seven recently. And I was like, I don't care if she gets to be, you know, you watch it back and you're like, who cares about her? She's right. in the East. Nobody can give it up. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you don't own this. Um, and maybe that's the best part of Game of Thrones is it reminds us that like, what is a monarchy but like a really exaggerated bullshit (laughs) totally 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 agree um we had another time jump this episode i'm not gonna get into that just yet other than just like the full episode yet but um what did you guys what are you guys feeling with the time jumps in general what do you guys think the pacing how do you feel about the pacing do you feel like you're missing any character development how do you feel about these new actors with these kids um i (laughs) initially didn't like the time jumps um, because it was just too sudden and there's just so many new faces you have to get used to. But 
especially when they didn't we went to new like Allison and Rhaenyra. Like I was dreading that because you fall in love with the actors and like you re- I really enjoyed the initial I forget the the actual actors names, but the 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 young Allison Rhaenyra. I thought they were so good and I was really hesitant to move to the adult ones and lo and behold they're amazing both of them. So I really like them. The kids too. I mean, the new kids from this episode specifically, you know, I thought they all did a really good job. They for not Aymond. Is it it is Aymond. The actor for Aymond, I, they must have like picked they must have brought a lineup of like a thousand people and they just found the bitchiest face for him. <laughs> and they're like, I want this guy. The guy who's like, Oh my god, I can't believe that dude has the sharpest a real face. chin. I yeah. know. It's yes. like unbelievable. Quite a sharp chin. But yeah, I I'm liking it. Honestly, I'm just really going to miss the little kid who played, I think, Luke is the second born child. Mm -hmm. Because in all the BTS videos, he's like always flossing or doing some little dance. And it is so funny to see. BTS the boy band? No, like the behind the scenes video. (laughs) (laughs) I totally thought it was the boy band. All right, cool. The boy band has ruined behind the scenes content for movies and television. No, in all the like behind the scenes videos, he's like flossing or like dabbing. And so it's very that's funny. hilarious. I'm gonna miss oh, him a lot. Um, I gotta look that up. But I think that the time jumps, uh, I've sort of said before, I think that the the people who suffer the time jumps the most are the people who only get one episode in their character. Yep. For example, I think um all a lot of the the Valerians uh who who age up in like one episode increments because yeah. we saw it again where I think it's Bela and Reyna are both like mm-hmm. played by new actresses. And so they don't have, uh, they have even less time to essentially get their performance across and like integrate themselves into the community, into the like storylines uh, as like a fully flesh out character. And what I think is a sort of a, where the show is falling a little bit short for me is that this is a show that's supposed to be about like, you know, the consequences of your parents affect you and then you affect your children right it, it is always about parents affecting their children and i think we're losing some closeness to the kids where we're seeing how the parents affect rhaenyra and allison but we're not seeing how in in as much detail we are yeah. seeing it but we're not seeing it in the sort of really really interesting levels that we had seen it in the previous generation so i wish and i hope that there is more of that in the in the episodes to come but you know that's my one complaint is that like sometimes these kids just age up so fast. I'm like, I don't know who the hell that is. Oh, it's a, oh, it's an it's an adult now. I got it, got it. Never mind. On the, yeah, I can't I, learn any other names. No, <laughs> right. same. I think I I have most of them their names down now. I think. Um, but yeah, I felt the same way last week, and I we've we've kind of had that conversation too here with Javier and Chanel. Um, it just feels like we're missing a lot of the character development for these characters that we're supposed to care about. So it just becomes like harder to care about them when you don't like every week, it's just a different actor. Like you said, like no one knows their names really. We're not like digging in too much. And I feel like that is a symptom of the time jumps just because like, we're just not able to spend as much time developing them as we were able to with Rhaenyra and Allison and the others, which sure they're the main characters, but like, I have to assume eventually some of these kids are going to become the main characters. I mean, I don't know, but, um, I guess we'll see. Yeah, I still find myself more attached to the, you know, the main people like the hand, um, you know, uh-huh. Allison, I don't yeah, Renera. The series yeah. like the main the the people from the first, you know, the characters from the first episode. Like those are the people I find myself obviously and the most attached to. But. Yeah. People are like Patty Constantine for an Emmy like Viserys and I'm just like I think it's just cuz you've seen him the most. Like <laughs> because him and Matt Smith are like never changing. Mhm. 
they have the ability to really deliver a performance across seven or eight episodes and like you get really close to them whereas you're so unfamiliar but i also have to say that like i think the performance that everybody is ignoring not to jump to is renice i think that the actor yeah she's amazing princess renice is really really good and everyone's saying give matt smith an emmy matt smith hasn't done shit this episode he doesn't serve an emmy stop saying that renice is so good she's really talented and, and giving a great performance and i i thought this was like really her episode to shine as well yeah she's been yeah, great she, in every episode yeah she's she's really been great um this is a Viserys stan podcast, just so you guys know. I mean, week over week, I like since I think like week two or three, we were like early on the Viserys stan train because specifically, I think Javier and myself, I know Chanel um, is also, she enjoys Viserys, but I know Javier and myself have been very firm on like what a great performance Patty Considine is giving, especially when he is playing off of Rhaenyra. We thought that specifically about Millie Alcock, but also when he's playing uh, against uh emma darcy he's amazing so uh, you know what i'm giving patty Constantine's flowers we're gonna talk about him i think a little his bit flowers. Later. I, have a, <laughs> I have a few notes yeah i mean he's i everybody's on the bandwagon now about like he needs an emmy but we've been saying it since at least episode two if not three. you were the first you were the first ever listen we were we loved him from the beginning we've been standing we put him really high on our tier list last week even though he was like basically half dead so i mean <laughs> we love him um let's get into the episode I have a lot to say about Viserys when we get to the end, but I'll save it. We'll give him his proper eulogy. Um, Spoilers. So, well, you know, hopefully you're not listening to this point, podcast if you haven't watched the episode or if you're <laughs> spoiler averse. Um, but we keep it to show spoilers only. We don't talk about book spoilers. None of us are none of us are too far ahead. Um, so we open the episode. We're in we're in Driftmark, and there are more issues at the Stepstones, which like I've never heard of the Stepstones before, so I have to assume they just like go away or something. But like I just can't believe how many issues we're having at this. What's place going on here throughout this episode? Yeah, like what is going on? What's so cool about the Stepstones? I mean, I, we saw question. it. Didn't I feel like cool. the Stepstones are like like the Florida Keys. Like all of a sudden, <laughs> like Florida's popping off and being annoying, and like you have to be like, God damn it! Like, why is Florida crazy right now? <laughs> yeah. Florida man, Stepstone man. Yeah, that's the Florida crab man feeder. Is puts a crab, crab feeder is ties Florida to man and feeds them to crabs. <laughs> yeah, Stepstone <Yes>. man. <laughs> oh man. Well, we find out that Corliss is back fighting there and gets gravely injured and has a fever now from his injury, probably an infection. Rhaenys hasn't seen him in years. She's sitting the throne in Driftmark. Um, Bela is there as her ward. Um, and, uh, you know, this is kind of crazy. What's going on here? Vaiman comes in, though, and he's like pissed. He's basically thinking Corliss is already dead or acting as if he's dead already, even though he's not. Um, kind of weird, like... Wouldn't they ship him back to Driftmark to be with the Maesters there and make sure that he gets good care? Like, wouldn't you think that if he's that sick and wounded, they would try and transport him back? I think he's on the way there. No, isn't he like being transported oh, maybe. there? That's what I thought. Oh, but it like takes like a really long time. Yeah, know. that's what I like, garnered. But also, I feel like part of it was like, look, he's not like he's not doing well, and we're working on it. But like, we're not miracle workers here. We're just Maesters who are kind of idiots. <laughs> You know, right. the Mazers <laughs> right. are. Um, I also think that Driftmark is one of my favorite locations. I don't know how you guys feel, but Driftmark is one of my favorite, like, new locations that they have created in this show. Stepstones, whatever. But Driftmark <laughs> is, like, this is a cool-ass castle. Yeah. And great. I will be really sad if Corliss dies. I feel like underreported part of the storyline is, like, Corliss could kick the bucket, kick the wooden bucket at any moment, you know? 
totally. And we are also a Corliss Stan podcast as well. We put him at the top of our power ranking last week in our tier list with Viserys second to him. Um, and I will be very oh. upset if, if this is the end of Corliss. He's been a great character. We, we've been loving his relationship with Rhaenys on this podcast. He seems like a noble guy. Um, but I mean, Veyman says here, you know, he's he wants to talk about the succession. And he says, you know, my brother only cares about history books, which we kind of talked about a little bit last week, too, is that it's not so much about like doing the right thing. It's about his legacy, which his brother seems more along the lines of like, I don't want my house to just disappear with these with these bastards. And he's not afraid to say what everybody's thinking, whether or not he should be saying it. Well, he should be. Which he should be saying it? He should be afraid. Oh, yes. Um, no. He Yes, he should be afraid. But he can't, you can't just go around saying these things. Yeah. I, I mean, part of what we are pointed, like what is pointed out last week is that, you know, at the end of the day, these kids still have the Valerian last name. Yep. You know, people aren't going to remember what they looked like. There's no cameras right now. Nobody's going to know what they looked like in, you know, 20, a thousand years or whatever. I don't know. The, normal years in game of thrones time they're not going to remember them they're just going to know that they were the valerians and that's all that matters and i think that what i like about vaymond is is this is again this the sort of symbolism of like the second brother right uh although is vaymond older do we remember i think he's the second brother i think so too and i think that he's the younger brother and he's kind of doing what damon did which is like he's gonna just mouth off and speak Mm -hmm. up and unfortunately he does not have such powerful brothers in high places that can keep him from uh, getting his con- tongue cut out of his head. You know, yep. it's uh, just simply not not as a uh, I don't know. Cause should have kept your mouth shut, my guy. That's all. You know, <laughs> totally. So definitely a bad move. Um, definitely a bad move. Bela is there. So Bela is uh, Lena and Damon's daughter, and she's the ward to Rhaenys, and she sends word uh, through letter i guess however uh to damon who's on on dragonstone with rhaenyra um it's been six years they haven't been back to king's landing since they left he's harvesting dragon eggs um rhaenyra's dragon laid three eggs uh and he gets the letter and she's basically like hey dad um so this is going down vayman's going to the king's landing he's gonna call in uh Lucerus's, uh succession into um into a petition and he's also going to question his bloodline like you you probably should go so they're like oh guess we got to go to king's landing um and they leave and they go to king's landing the, there is an open question from rhaenyra about where rainey stands in this like is she supportive of this would she support us rainey believes that damon and rhaenyra had Lenor killed So this is kind of like a little bit of an elephant in the room. Obviously, he's not dead. We know that. But um, they're not on great terms. It seems like they're sticking to the script as well that. uh, I mean, this this comes later in the episode, but, you know, she had uh, Rhaenyra had a chance to tell her. It's like, well, he's not really dead, but (laughs) but, you know, they're sticking to it. So they're not saying anything, I guess, because I guess the books are kind of the same way. Right. I assume where like they think everyone thinks he's dead, but. Yeah, I think this was a surprise to book readers that he wasn't dead. I think they just they right. left it as as him being dead. So I think I think once you fake your death, you kind of have to stick with it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, because otherwise that you know she's already in a whole hot pool of hot water with the whole those kids don't really look like him mm-hmm. side of things. And now it's like, by the way, this marriage we didn't get like we didn't get the divorce finalized and right. like you know it all. <laughs> 
kicks off. But I do like the idea of being away for six years and then coming back and being like, by the way, I swear I didn't kill him. Right. So just, just, I just want to have this talk right now. I didn't kill him. Okay, are we cool? Are we cool? Right. She's like, no, we're not cool. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's These are the types of things that I feel like the time jump, again, does a disservice um, because – I want to know the reaction to Damon and Rhaenyra getting married. I want to know how Viserys felt about it. I want to know how uh, how Rhaenys and Corlys felt about it. I want to know where Corlys's loyalties lie because we know he had a good relationship with Damon. Are, do they still? If he thinks that he murdered his son, like I, I would love to know more about that. Where I feel like we're just jumping ahead five years in one episode, six years in another, ten years in another, that we kind of miss the meaty parts of it. Um, but I guess. I- it's inconsequential to the show, but I would personally like to know. I had read sort of, you know, browsing Reddit and all that, that like part of why she doesn't see her dad for six years, Rhaenyra, is because he does not like that they got married, that Damon and Rhaenyra got married. Oh, really? Now that now, would be interesting context to have. Right. Yeah. Wouldn't this be great to see? Which is weird because, I mean, I'm assuming that his first wife was related to him. You know, and like they're all she was like his cousin, I believe. Right. So like they're she all married. Half their, Tully, half Targaryen. I think. Half Tully. Oh, right, 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 right. We looked. At, I forgot. Yeah. We looked at the tree. But mm-hmm. I mean, they're all fucking their cousins, and like everyone's cool with it. All the kids are fucking the kids. You know, we're we're, we're putting all the kids together, and he, everyone's cool with that. But like, what? Why is it weird when? I, I don't think, when Rhaenyra does I think it with literally Damon. His an parents asshole. are his parents are siblings, aren't they? Like maybe, yeah. Not, like Viserys and Damon's parents, I think, are literally siblings. So it's something like that where it's like if you just go up one family tree, it's like there, there it is. I feel like all the Targaryen. It's like hello, uncle, brother, <laughs> uncle, yeah, cousin, I, son. I, my sort of take is that I, I feel like the one reason that I think Viserys could be angry about this is because of how insistent that like. Uh, young Rhaenyra was like, no, 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 this didn't happen. Nothing happened. Mm. And I was like, oh, y'all want to get, you guys want to get married now? And you're just going to do it? Like, they didn't have anyone's permission. She's going to do it? Right. They they didn't, they just said, here's the beach and we will lay upon it. You know, they didn't ask anyone's, <laughs> anyone else's like sort of permission to be in this relationship. And I think that maybe that's where it comes from. I but- think Damon is pretty problematic. He murdered yeah. his first wife. Sure. Um, well, he uh, came and allegedly, took of allegedly his murdered niece. his first wife. Sure. I mean, we saw it, so we know that he. Did. Well, we didn't actually see it. He paralyzed his first wife. Sure. At the very least, the horse paralyzed did. his first wife. The horse did. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, but you know, he's had issues with with Viserys and Damon have had issues. They've had a fraught relationship this whole time. So sure. he, you know, he came back. He accepted Damon back into the kingdom and then he took advantage of his niece, allegedly, which we know actually happened, had, you know, caused all this drama with Otto Hightower, got Otto Hightower essentially fired, even though he's back now, which is just so frustrating. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think they're, they don't, they're not in the best place with each other either. Although we did see, um, we did see Viserys invite Damon back into the, into the kingdom in the last episode at the, uh, the funeral for Elena. So who knows? But Yeah. That's interesting. I'd be interested to see if that is is context from the books. Yeah, I would like to know that for sure. Yeah. So I guess we, we do lose context with the time skips, but I really feels like they're just like rushing towards the dance. That, that's what really seems yeah. like the meat of it that they want to get to. So totally. and if they're planning like four seasons, you know, like they must have a lot of content. I don't know. I don't know how much is in the book. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's the frustrating thing that we're sitting here like essentially – 
you know, Game of Thrones season one was like days, 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 right. you know, like like a month. Like it, it was really sort of going very slowly. But I think because it George R. R. Martin knew exactly what you're describing, Matt, of like there's lots of important things that happen within the short period of time. And and instead we're going like, yeah, six years. And and also, again, I feel like we don't analyze events after they happen, right? Mm-hmm. Laner's death after it happens. We don't analyze like Harwin Strong's death after it happens because it just time jumps ahead. And so we don't see yeah. Rhaenyra react to it. Like we're losing the reactions of our main characters to huge mo- defining moments of their lives. Yeah, and I think the one thing that, gets me is that we don't see how Otto gets back at hand. Like, how does Allison convince Viserys to reinstate Otto as the hand? Like, that's what I would like to see. Um, just little things like that, that, you know, we can assume what's going to happen, but like the nuance helps, I think, sometimes. That's my only complaint about the show, because I think the story is great, the acting is great, the storytelling is great, but like there are just these big gaps that I feel like we just had like one extra episode or even just like one scene that could explain to us how these things happened. I think it would, would add something. Um, but what anyway, about like so, an overdub? Would you like a, like, like a black like screen a and just like, yeah, like in the years past, something like that. Would that, would we, you we like that? Go, we should go full Star Wars. It. Yeah. Scroll. I, it. <laughs> somehow, I would not hate it. Somehow the hand is returned. Otto is returned. Right. That's what hand seeks. exactly yeah. how it feels. That's exactly how it feels. Um, <laughs> so we get to King's Landing. Damon, Rhaenyra, and their kids make their way. All of the kids. They have two new kids. They have Lena's children with Damon. They have uh, they have Ra- uh, Rhaenyra's kids with Lenor or Harwin Strong, whatever you choose to subscribe to. Uh, and they're not met with anybody. Um, one guy so comes rude. out. I forget. Lord someone um Corliss? comes out meet, yeah someone something like that i don't know uh comes out and meets them and then we do get a scene later on in the in the small council where otto's like did you greet them as i told you and i'm like what a dick this guy like did you meet greet them, them to with their... what meets their station or something yeah, yeah. meets their state like fuck you otto you asshole um he, but he the, has a little grin point, too like a little shitty grin he does yeah he's very petty um yeah. and <laughs> the star of the seven has replaced all the Tar- Targaryen symbolism throughout the castle. It's just an unrecognizable place to Rhaenyra, Damon, kind of to us. Like it feels very dark and dreary, whereas before there was a little more hustle and bustle. If you watch the after the episode, uh, the director did mention that like a lot of the tapestries are down, which I didn't notice as w- while watching. And it's just like, you know, there's less people mulling around, but it definitely is a lot quieter and like weird and sad. Yeah, got a lot more religious and a lot Very much uglier. So. Um, do those two things have no, no, but like I, I feel like I didn't quite catch. You know, obviously, you the big giant necklace she's wearing, you catch it, she's wearing it. But yes, I didn't realize huge. that the seven pointed star. I, I didn't feel like things had changed so much, and maybe it's because we're always just seeing like the Red Keep and King's Landing and sort of like mm-hmm. either like wide outdoor shots or like sort of interior shots that I feel like. It's always so dark. I can't see that the the walls have changed. You know, I can't right. tell. Right. And the biggest change was that basically no one was there. But I, when at first watch, I just assumed that like when they're going to the castle, it was like a private area. So I didn't really get it. But then you know, upon second watch and after they spoke about it, like okay, like they're trying to change in the seven pointed star. And I find it interesting that our as a viewer, our only interpretation of like the seven pointed star and like religious is like with like these psychos from game of thrones who like were 
carve yeah, shit the into their into yeah, yeah right arrows, so like yeah. or it's immediately negative right so it's like mm-hmm. it's I, I'm assuming that that's what they want us I to feel it's like right? the main religion I mean yeah. I don't know but uh, yeah, I think that's it, like the it main it's kind of like their Christianity but then those the high sparrow and the zealots were just like extremists. I know they were definitely extremists, right? But like for for me as a viewer, if I'm like the only thing I have context to, it's just this like you know the seven pointed stars, this religion yeah. that's like extremism almost. Like you know, I when I see Allison with a necklace, I'm like, oh shit, you know. Yeah, they, uh, shades of Cersei for sure. Yeah, I do like. I think this is a very fun characteristic to give to Allison. I don't know how you guys feel like to make her more religious, sort of more like in a weird way conservative or like just more uptight because she's art she already is she's already super uptight but now it's even more like based in like a moral superiority style of allison which i which i I, really like i actually this episode actually made me feel really bad for her um yeah it just made me even before the scene we'll we'll get into with ranira but like when i see her with this the seven pointed star and like she start. We'll, we'll, obviously we'll start talking about it but like she's still a bit nasty to Rhaenyra but you can tell that she's basically been alone here or like with Otto and you know she has to hold the weight of all this responsibility and she like turns to religion her, her sons are terrible you know like so I, I, I kind of I feel for her honestly like she's a very complex character there's a lot going yeah, on I, I felt like in this episode she was much more grounded than in the past like in the past i think yeah definitely she's high strung we saw her slice rhaenyra we saw her really losing her temper we saw everything with lara strong like things got out of control for her very quickly and now we're seeing her six years later she's got the seven point of star on it seems like she's maybe using religion as a way to ground her a little bit in this shitty situation that she's in her husband is decaying and you know she this is Mm. probably going to be the only man that she's ever with in her life uh she doesn't love him she cares for him, I think. It seems oh, like I think she, loves she him. cares for him, but I don't yeah. but it's not like the love this is not the love of her life. You know what I mean? She married him as a duty yeah, well, for her father and for her family, but this wasn't the man she wanted to marry. Her kids are she, she's awful. probably not gonna remarry, right? Like she I, would, I don't think I would to. assume not. Can women remarry I mean, in this universe? I don't know. I mean Rhaenyra did, but I don't know that oh, right. anybody she, else yeah, can right. because Rhaenyra's Rhaenyra old. has been known to Buck tradition yeah is it also um, i think it's also maybe a queen thing like you know right. does mm. does the queen get remarried who knows right yeah i i'm gonna assume that she does not um who knows but who knows? uh yeah i i i agree with you matt i i do feel a little i feel i feel sorry for her like she it just does feel like a very lonely station um and she's doing her best she's she is taking care of viserys in his time of need you know her kid's can't stress enough how horrible her kids are. I mean, we oh could talk God, about it. So terrible. Um, right <laughs> after the scene of the small council, the King's Guard, Eric, Eric, not Eric, Eric, um, she's corrected, uh, says, you know, something's going on. And Aegon's like, you need to go right away. It's an, it's urgent. So she goes up and we realize that Aegon has sexually assaulted. We can even use the word rape, it seems like. Raped Helena's maiden, Diana. Um, with a Y. Big turn. Yes, Diana, with a Y. Big turn from old school Game of Thrones is that we didn't have to witness the rape. Um, that's that's a change. So good on, good on you, House of the Dragon. And, and what a good performance from the actress who's playing Diana. Oh. Yes. Incredible. Really, so like, good. I appreciated this from the new Game of Thrones showrunners. Um, but I also appreciated that Alicent is... Bo- like, I was trying to figure out if Alicent gave a shit or not this whole time. 
And you can't I, read I, anything on her face. It's like, yes. she does such a good job. She's she's like, oh, I hope you're doing like I I feel really bad for you, but you know you don't want you don't want other people to think that you're like one of those. So like I great performance from Olivia. Like I really enjoyed this whole scene, very tense but very sad, and the moon tea, which I, I think isn't really mentioned. I think appropriately in the show, but like the moon tea is why Lisa Aaron can't really have kids like moon tea is not just a casual plan b moon yeah. tea might f you up and so oh. to distribute it yeah it's why she has that little weenie of a kid you know lisa aaron she has the, the little bird yeah. um is because this this isn't like super safe and i feel like that is the one thing that that could have been hinted at with the the the, the christian you know post christian call coitus yeah. scene but post Kristen Cole Cordis. But what a uh, what a scene this was, and also uh, they really just keep being like, "Hey, do you want to play Aegon? Do you want to show your butt on TV? Got it. You're in." Yeah. Like, <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if that's in the posting for the must. Be it's got to be. Got to be comfortable with with yeah. backside nudity. Yeah. For yeah. sure. You really couldn't read. I, she by the end of the scene, I felt like I knew what she was doing, but also I, it's like she, she played it so well. It's like you, <laughs> like oh, it's coming from a place of caring where I'm trying to like, you know, I believe you. But is it like a manipulation tactic to be like she probably does believe her, but at the same time she probably doesn't care. Does she care about Diana? Does she care about this getting out? You know, is she playing both angles? Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like for me, I feel like she does care, but her sense of duty to her family is is over that care mm. for for diana right so i don't know she just does a really good job of like portraying both sides of that you know human element for her i, I thought it was really cool i mean not cool you know what i mean it's a good yeah. scene yeah i wrote in my notes that she is comforting but stern and somewhat threatening in her tone mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. it's like you don't want to let this get out this might you know this will be smirched the, the the prince and our family and you and you'll be looked at you know it's like she had right. to balance all these things and like God, her kids suck, man. This guy sucks. So terrible. He doesn't even give a shit. Poor Diana is traumatized. Um, Naomi, to your point, I think they did like a, they did allude to the tea in the episode with the post-Christian Cole coitus where the maester <laughs> is like, well, if it's brewed correctly, it'll, and, like they yeah. kind of like half mentioned it, but they really, they really didn't give as much context as they probably should have. Um, PCCC. Yeah. PCCC. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like you can even have a little bit of Diana in there, right? Diana sort of being hesitant to drink it, like mm -hmm. oh, it's perfectly safe, you know, one of those things. Mm -hmm. Just, just to really emphasize how it's all about the queen doing recovery for her terrible yeah. son um, at the expense of a lot of people. Um, also, I feel like I like the little we get. Uh, I think her name's Tyla, the woman who will later go report the secrets back is also in this scene. And mm -hmm. you're just, you, it, it's never safe to be around. It feels like the mole. You never, you never know who the mole is, you know? Like everyone's sort of creeping on you and totally. getting your secrets and running around and telling them. Totally. Totally agree. Um, Allison also pays her off. Uh, gives her oh, like yeah. a, a sack of coins. Um, sends her on her way. But she wakes up Aegon who's bare ass in his bed seemingly not giving a <laughs> shit that he just raped someone um and he's just like oh it's just harmless fun and she smacks him in the face and basically just says like you're no son of mine she's just clearly disgusted by this boy now man who is a sexual predator and 
who's supposed to be this is the guy that she has to like fight for to try and get Rhaenyra off the throne and she's going to put this monster on the throne it's like obviously that's something she's probably wrestling with right and I think we get a sense of that a little later in the episode any words on Aegon? Any, what about this new actor for Aegon? How do you feel? I like, I feel like him. his face I, shape is totally different than the first Aegon. Yeah, yeah, they can't. I mean, it's hard to have continuity between so many actors. They have to like, I mean, unless they like age them up in a tube or something. But it, I like him. He, I feel like he's really familiar to me. I can't really place him. I feel like I've seen him on something else. But I, it's funny because they're making out Aegon to be such a shithead, right? Like, but he's also really funny, right? Like jerking out of a window. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah, I think and young Aegon was funny. I don't find this Aegon very Well, I funny. found him funny if, at a few times. Um, well, yeah, he's a twat. That was funny. That was, that was younger Aegon. Well, medium Aegon. Now, older Aegon. <laughs> yeah, medium, large, yeah, venti, right. uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, trenta, yeah. And he's shorter than his brother now. Um, yeah, great, great detail. Right, but he, yeah, I found him, I just found him funny. If, I mean, he's a shit, you know, he's, at the dinner, he's a shit. He's just like... Just not a good person, but he's like, and I found the interactions he had through the episode besides the first one kind of funny, humorous. Um, and I'll jump ahead a little bit. I found it even surprising when he slammed uh, his cousins or I guess his nephew's head into the table. I was like, it was like a surprising turn. I was, he didn't seem like a like a violent person. He seems like he doesn't care. Like he doesn't want the weight of being king. He doesn't care about it. You know, he just yeah. wants to, you know, live in his privilege basically and just like not have to deal with it. He obviously is not meant for this position or totally. suited for it at all totally yeah so it seems like this actor tom glenn carney was in dunkirk but it doesn't seem like he was one of the soldiers in dunkirk, dunkirk. he's also in the movie tolkien which is i oh. guess about jrr um oh, yeah. but i don't know I, I feel like they keep doing this thing where they say like oh well he's like a drunk but then he like is a rapist and i'm like i feel that we should not make this guy so goofy or i don't know it's one of those things where you're like if he feels very goofy and then it's like oh by the way he raped someone you're like right right, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. right right and if they put a little bit more of that like damon violence in him maybe we would sort of see it a little more reflected you know just one of those things where you're like okay if you want to develop this character more i think he should actually be a little bit more violent uh just in general in life you know he can be a shithead prince because that's who he is, right? He's like a, you know, he's and I'm really fascinated by all of these characters because their their dad doesn't love them. Their dad doesn't care about any of them. He doesn't know who the hell they are. They just all look alike, and he probably mixes them all up all the time. And so, to grow up without your father really caring about you and your mother clearly caring about you way too much, like for, probably for the wrong reasons. Exactly. It's it's like a very right. fucked up family. <laughs> Totally. And it's funny that, that Viserys really doesn't care much. I mean, we see him very soon call Rhaenyra his only child. Right. Um, when the whole the whole issue was that he didn't have a male heir. And that is what killed his one true love, Ama, Like, And now he has these male heirs and it, it's not giving him what he wants. Like no, he, he is just them. continuously mourning this woman who passed, who was his true love. And now he has these shitty kids who suck and there's a rift between his family. It's just, it's kind of sad. I mean, it's very sad. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about Viserys when we, I have a lot to say about Viserys. Um, number one fan. I am Viserys' number one fan, the OG number one fan. Um, Helena comes in and is like, where's Diana? She's supposed to dress down the baby. So I guess, you know, Aegon is now married to Helena, his sister. They have kids. 
yeah, more okay. kids, kids on top of kids yeah. on top of kids, literally and figuratively. Um, and uh, Allison just hugs her and it's like, she doesn't say anything. Obviously, Helena doesn't know what happened. Um, but in the next scene, we see Damon and Rhaenyra meeting with the king and this is the first time they've seen him in six years and he's in bed with bandages on his face. This is the first time we see him in what is six years and he's just wasted away. His skin is like gray. He's decaying. He has a bandage over half of his face. He's frail. He's skinny. This is just like really about this is when I first started feeling like the sense of dread in me in this episode. I don't know about you guys, but um, it's it's rough. He's clearly hopped up on Milk of the Poppy. I thought we were going to lose Viserys like four episodes ago, so I'm surprised <laughs> that he's still kicking. And, you know, I mean, it's it looks he looks terrible. I mean, truly looks bad. I'm so surprised that he's still alive. We're seeing him. But I mean, he, what an episode for him to go. <laughs> yeah, I, I he's so. He's just like so decrepit where I, ha, every every other scene he was in in this episode, I was like, he's going to die. Like every other scene, I was like, "Yeah, this is it. Here he goes. Bucket's getting kicked." And he didn't until the very end. And I was like, "Wow, you really held on." Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot more symbolism to talk about in a little bit about the way that he's decaying. But I think what's really interesting is that uh, there there is a lot of talk where you could sit there and say, "Oh, Rhaenyra's probably like exaggerating that." You know, oh, the high towers are like really being like super uh, controlling of him. But at the same, they are keeping him like high AF the whole time. Yeah. So they are kind of controlling him and doing whatever they want uh, because the king is indisposed rather than acting in the best interest of the king. And I yeah, like absolutely. that the show actually kind of makes that much more explicit. It's like, no, no, no. These, these people are like doing whatever they want to do because the king is uh, knocked out cold. Yeah, totally. Um, he... He's wasting away in this bed and, and Damon, you know, kind of leans in and, and fills him in on what's going on. But he he's he's taking it in, but he's not taking it in. He's just like, what, Damon? Like, I don't know. He doesn't really seem to know what's going on. But Damon is like, you know, you need to reaffirm your position that uh, that Lucerus is the uh, is going to be the heir of Driftmark. This is a this is a big deal here. Um, they He has no clue what's happening, but Rhaenyra takes this moment to introduce them to their new children the two pure blood targaryen children that they have um one is named aegon another aegon and the other is named viserys and then he just seems so touched by that and he just says ah name viserys a name fit for a king and then it almost feels like the emotion that overcomes him in this scene just causes whatever he's going like it's just too much for him and he just becomes in pain and he needs milk of the poppy and he's like oh my tea Damon smells it after he gives him his tea. I I got the sense that they're trying to see, like, does Damon think that he's being poisoned? Do we ever know if he's being poisoned? I mean, we don't ever really know what's going on with Viserys. It's never confirmed. It, it seems like the wounds that he gets from the throne are really just infecting and they're just not healing. Um, I don't know that we ever get more confirmation of of what was ailing him. I have no idea what's going on with him. Yeah. I don't know if it's caused by this this throne or what, because it's spread to his eye, right? And his arm, everything, right? Well, he's just, um, deca- yeah. I mean, his, I, yeah, I, everything is falling off, falling out. Right. I don't think he's getting poisoned. Away. I think that Damon was just curious as to, like, what was in the cup. And he was his suspicions were confirmed that it was milk of the poppy, you know, which is like, yeah. you know, basically puts you. I mean, if you have too much, you die. But if 
you have a little, you know, morphine basically, right? Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. So the there was that scene a couple episodes ago where one maester was pitching a solution to another maester and the maester was like, no. Mm -hmm. That maester is now in charge because he's in the scene with Renice in the basement. Yeah. Um, and so he was the one who was pitching a different medicine. So maybe he has been trying to help Viserys and it just isn't working. Viserys is, I think, definitely poisoned from the throne uh, yeah. and is poisoned mm. from hurting himself. And that's, the, you know, there's talks in other um, moments in the series and the lore of like the throne sometimes rejects kings, yeah. quote unquote, because it, oh. it hurts them. Um, and that some kings have even like killed themselves on the throne. It's like wild. Maybe really? you should. I, yeah, I think that's a story, right? Somebody fell on like this a sword, which is like, this sounds like a work hazard, guys. Like, where yeah. I thought OSHA... definitely not safe. No. I thought that's how Viserys was going to die this episode by falling oh, on the sword yes. while he was walking up to the throne. I was like, oh fuck, he's going to fall on and impale himself. But thankfully, that didn't happen. So that would have been horrible. That would have been horrible. horrible. Yeah, kind of funny though. <laughs> oh my god! Not for Viserys's biggest fan, who is me. Um, right. <laughs> I like how this is the decrepit because you hate Yoda. This is the decrepit old little man who didn't do anything that you really like. Oh wow! The I do prefer is... this decrepit old man who does nothing to Yoda, who does literally. I mean, he's hiding. Viserys yeah, yeah, rose yeah. to the occasion this Viserys episode. When did Yoda? He's there. Yeah, it's true. You train Luke. That's not, is that not rising to the king? He fought Palpatine. Is that not rising anyway, to the occasion? He went to war. All right, the wrong podcast. Um, so in our next scene, Allison goes and meets with Rhaenyra and Damon, and and they have a very tense conversation. Um, and it's regarding keeping Viserys drugged so they can basically go around and rule the you know the seven kingdoms, the world. <laughs> yeah, I mean essentially, right? And Allison is like, he's in pain constantly. Like you're basically not here you don't know what's going on like these are pretty grave accusations and then she's like also i'm going to be overseeing the position with the petition with my dad so like don't worry i won't i'm not gonna um take these comments into consideration which is a pretty good scene i think for for allison a little nasty <laughs> well i mean they were making some pretty heavy accusations that's true i mean from from her perspective it's like she's been there alone trying to help him and she i feel like she does love and care for him maybe not love him as like a lover but she you know, she's his character. I mean, she, she is his caretaker. She, yeah, she loves him and doesn't want to see him in pain. But also, it benefits her for her for him, oh, her and her dad. Really, mostly her dad. But she's yeah. been like indoctrinated. Honestly, it's almost like I don't blame her. But um, it it's like dual does dual work. If you know, it helps him mm -hmm. out. Doesn't help. He's not in pain, and then they get to do whatever the hell they want. You know, right, right. Yeah, I I also feel like in some ways like what we were seeing earlier was Allison felt extremely alone and all she had was t the two weirdos who nobody else wants to hang out with on her side, right? She has Kristen Cole, who is at this point uh, needs Just to go to therapy. Yeah, yeah. Needs, needs therapy. And you have Laris, who is like, so I just kill people for you, and she's like, "Okay, uh, uh, let's not people, my family." Yeah, let's circle back. My dad this. and my brother. Let's talk about this later. We'll connect about this later, which we haven't. It's over six years. We haven't connected. Yeah, he's about missing. This later. Um, I'm assuming he's in Heron Hall. He's the Lord of Heron Hall now, so he's probably just there. Who knows what he's getting up to? But I would be curious to see when we're going to see him again, because obviously asked, he's not going anywhere. I was like, "Where is this? Yeah, idiot. Where is this club? He's going to get his." Yeah. I, I certainly hope so. Um, 
certainly hope so. But I think that this is to say that Allison has been surrounded by so few people who support her. And I think to have her dad there to support her now is just doubling down. You know, it's that thing when, when you're mad at somebody and you believe you're right. What, tell me I'm right. Tell me, you know, am mm -hmm. I the asshole, dad? Tell me I'm right. And, and dad's like, <laughs> There's yeah, no Reddit. Totally they can't right. post. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, all of all of Viserys and Allison's children would be so deep on Reddit. Uh, if they were if they were born in the internet time, that is like a thousand percent. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, that would be like a men's right. Even four chan, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> you definitely, he's definitely a four chan guy. Totally. Um, the other totally. kids are like a school shooter. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Um, so Jason, Luke, they go down and explore the weapons after the scene, and everyone's star everybody's staring and whispering. And Luke notices Jake doesn't really Jake, Jace doesn't really care. Uh, and, uh, you know, Luke is like, everybody's staring at us. And he basically says something about Harwin Strong and, you know, we're confirming he believes that that um, Lenore is not their dad. And Jace is like, it doesn't matter what any of them think. And then as this conversation's happening, we just hear like this battle and we see incel Kristen Cole and incel Eamon having their own little incel battle with each other. Um, and Eamon is an adult now, essentially, with crazy long hair, a very sharp chin an eye patch and he is um he's insane really grown yeah i mean like he's really grown in his battle skill let's say i guess getting um getting vagar really gave him the boost of confidence that he needed yeah i mean he looks out of control like he looks he looks out of control like the sharpness of this dude's face it's he's like chiseled from stone he scares me how does this man go around in his normal life and not scare children and so he's I don't know. How do you, I don't know. He's, he's got the perfect pucker, pucker face too. It's crazy, but he's obviously very good talented. Casting, fighter. Very good. Casting. Great, great casting, yeah. especially considering I thought when, um, I thought when they initially introduced him, right. When they were giving him the pig that it was, that it was a girl, like a little girl. So oh. I didn't know. I couldn't tell. And then, you know, he spoke. I was like, all right, well, he's a little boy. Right. But we you know, were inundated he, he, with like a bunch of little kids. all at once. Right. There's just so right. many little kids. Yeah. Right. But you can tell, I mean, I feel like that was very purposeful casting. He's like unsure of himself. Like, you know, very quiet and looks down. Is obviously the kids are making fun of him. They, they the pig and stuff, and doesn't have his own dragon. He's, you know, and then he gets Vagar in that episode. Now look at him; he's huge. He's bigger he's than his brother, his, right? He's yeah. he's kicking the shit out of Christian Cole. Um, yeah. he's got an eye patch. He's a pirate maniac. So, uh, yeah, I yeah. mean, good for him, I guess. Yeah, he as people have said on Reddit, he looks he literally looks like an anime character come to life. Oh my. Mm, yeah that's, that's very accurate he really does like yeah. if you told me that this is like you know they made cowboy bebop right if you're like this is actually like a character from cowboy bebop i would believe you a thousand sure. percent yeah very accurate sure um or really yeah and and he he basically like addresses his nephews who are also i guess his cousins i don't really know are they no i guess just nephews i don't know no I don't know, but um, it's I'm hard not, to follow. Do the, yeah, it's hard uh, to follow. And he is like, "Oh, want a battle? Whatever." And that gets interrupted by Vaymond coming in with his bannermen from Driftmark to petition for um, taking over the succession once Corliss is confirmed no longer with us, which has not been confirmed. We don't. We don't know. Right. So he meets with Otto and Alicent, and he's just making deals making deals and even allison is like i don't feel right doing this like he's not dead he could recover and he's like yeah but in the event that he doesn't like he's really like pushing for this they're really assuming that he's gonna die yeah and allison is the only one it does feel like she's being 
relatively fair. She's like, this yeah. hasn't, nothing's happened yet. But with Otto in her ear and Veyman just being like, you know, well, a war is coming. We've been lucky to have this time of peace thanks to Jahar- Jaharis and uh, Viserys, but we're gonna, war is going to come. And do you want a little kid on the throne of our, you know, our strongest fleet? And he basically is like, yeah, Driftmark will support you uh, with their full with their full strength. So there he's basically aligning them himself with the greens here. Which we yeah. Need, I mean, of that's basically what they're looking. They're looking to put someone on the, the seat that will control this fleet that will back their cause as opposed to like, cause you know, they're going to make a play for it. Right. He's just, they're just building up their, their allies. Yeah. That's all yeah. they're doing. Although it's funny. Cause I'm like, do they not have ships for King's landing? Like they don't got boats. What's they the talked about it. Doing? I think they actually mentioned this in an earlier episode that like, they do have ships, but like nothing in comparison to Driftmark. Well, it's they have like it's eighty percent or something, but they do have a lot of ships in King's Landing. Yeah, um, I also agree that I think Allison's being fair, and like you said earlier, Matt, I did feel a lot for Allison in this episode, and and one of the reasons was I thought that she was being very pragmatic in this moment of like, hey, I think we are really trying to call our shot here, and I don't think we should do that. And later, as we'll get to the family dinner, I think she was very pragmatic in the family dinner. And obviously, this is a show about, you know, besties who fell apart and are trying to come together again. And that's what she's doing. And I really admired that of of her and her performance this episode. I thought it was really a person who was struggling. And it made me feel for her. I hate hate her fucking family, but I like her, you know. Yeah, I almost I I feel for Allison. Like it became very easy once we moved from the younger Allison to the the current Allison to hate her. Right? It's like it seems like she was just like a mad queen. She was like totally had the wrong vibe. She took like Otto's words to heart and was just like super harsh and just like very high strung. But like you really do have to her whole the whole time we've known her from her youth to now she's been struggling with what the right thing to do is and all these different people in her ear and it's just i do feel for her i mean i'm not rooting for her but i feel for her which is interesting i feel like the show obviously is like having us lean toward the targaryens and or the blacks and not the greens um which is interesting because i know the the book is really just written from a history's point of view but obviously the main characters here are rhaenyra and daemon and they want you to root for rhaenyra and daemon mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. that's a fair point yeah i mean i keep i keep in a lot of the discussions about the show from like the showrunners i think there's a lot of talk about well it's like yeah well no one's like truly good or like truly bad yeah. like everyone has their flaws and stuff and i guess I thought that watching the show that there would be that type of mentality where it's like, oh, well, this person kind of sucks, but this person also kind of sucks. And that and that is true. That very well may, may be true, but I'm not rooting for – and those rooting for Allison. It's like who's rooting for Allison and Otto? I mean, I don't well, know. Well, there are people. Are there? I think book readers – I think a lot of book readers – I mean, if you see discussions, there are a lot of people who are pledging their loyalty to the Greens. I, I'm, That's weird. Uh, I try not to read too much about it because I don't know what happens and I don't want to get spoiled, but there are definitely um, Green supporters for sure. Why though? There. I mean, whatever. I, I guess we'll find. Let's out. Let's get one on the show. Well, callers, call, uh, call <laughs> us up if you're a green. Yeah, supporter. if anybody's in the chat, let us know if you're a green supporter. Um, as this conversation is happening, Rainier is doing her own. You know, she's doing her own. She's making some alliances. She's playing her social game out by the Godswood tree, and she's approaching Rainice, uh, along with her 
granddaughter, Renice's granddaughter, uh, Rhaenyra's stepdaughter, Raina. So we have Rhaenyra, Renice, and Raina all having a conversation together. How great. Everybody has basically the same name. Um, and she's like, oh, could you, you know, just leave me here with your grandmother? And she's like, oh, you're doing a lot to like, you know, soften me by bringing my granddaughter here. But pretty much she's just like, listen, this is a trap. And this is going to be, you know, this is all set by the high towers to be able to, you know, name me as um or to question my my inheritance to the throne my succession to the throne and she makes an offer that her children will marry Damon and Lena's children and then her granddaughter one of her granddaughters will be queen of the seven kingdoms one day and the other will be um queen of Driftmark so it'll keep the lineage in power it'll be kind of like similar to what the agreement was with Lenor and her um, and Damon and her, I got Damon and Lena um, just with their children. And, you know, Rhaenys is like, you know, this is a generous offer or a desperate one. And Rhaenyra says, like, what does it matter? And she says, you're right in this. At least it doesn't matter. But then she does say tomorrow, the high tower strike their first blow and force you to your knees. And I'll just be left standing here alone. Um, and it seems like this conversation didn't go well in the moment. Mm. I but that I, I agree with, with, with your take Naomi that Rainey's is amazing. She's great in this scene. She's great. She's great in every scene in this episode, in the whole series. She's great. I queen that never was. Yeah. The queen that never was, but she is a queen. So I feel like we got to change that name. No, um, I think that this scene was very good because I also walked away with Katie going, well, she's fucked. Yeah. Renera didn't get what she wanted. <laughs> there you go. Um, but it kind of reminds me of survivor a little bit. I, but I, uh, haven't, I tweeted a long time ago that Game of Thrones is just Survivor for nerds who uh, <laughs> Survivor for nerds who, who like swords. Um, and it's true because this is a movie where you're like, well, why don't you should vote with me because we should vote at that person. And you're like, yep. sounds like you're kind of desperate for somebody to work with. And they're like, I am. And you're like, okay, you know what? Fine. Let's leave short. Let's do it. Like, yeah. Let's do it. Um, and I fully support it. I think it's a great move because remember, like, at one point, Rhaenyra was pitching, like, helena mary jace let's do it like yeah. let's get these guys linked up and stop freaking out so much but they didn't like that and i think that this is right. a, a fun compromise in a different way that <laughs> it's so funny considering how much rhaenyra fought getting married right and yeah. fought like being given all these suitors and she's just like yeah uh jace you're gonna marry this cousin like you're gonna marry this cousin and she's like joffrey like i'm gonna betroth you and you're like in kindergarten it's yeah it's funny great. how how difficult she was and like her to her forefather was serious and he's like oh whatever you want Rhaenyra. and then all her children she's like you're marrying this i don't like no one's even questions it they don't even well, get who a, knows you, you get yeah. yeah well it kind of like, shows you know that it just shows how much yeah. she's grown into the rightful ruler where they're the high towers are trying to push Aegon, who's literally raping people. And here you have Rhaenyra who's being political and trying to make these arrangements as her father told her earlier on, like, yeah, of course you're going to have to marry for allyship. And like, it seems like she took a lot of that to heart and she grew into the position that she's been named where as like, nobody's kind of like recognizing that they're just saying like, Oh, Rhaenyra bucks tradition. And she, they broke the law by naming a, a woman heir, but like, she's really doing a, She's doing what she's supposed to be doing. Sure. I just find it funny that she had so much liberty to, you know, sure. deny getting married. And that's why I could see why Allison was had such, you know, resentment towards her, especially because I feel like she probably felt like she left her too. And she's like, mm -hmm. you know, yep. left King's Landing yeah. and, you know, she has to marry her 
dad, although she was a little weird about it by not telling her that she was like visiting yeah. her in her mother's dresses. I mean, you don't mention yeah. wearing your mother's dresses. <laughs> I mean, the other part of this is like, this is exactly kind of what Rhaenyra does to, uh, not exactly, but like to Bela and Reyna, right? Is that like, I would love to see how Bela and Reyna feel about like, my mother just died. I now have mm -hmm. a new mother. And I feel very mixed about it. Sure. Um, and, and I wish, again, that we would see just more of this, like, repeated trauma. You know, I think genera yeah. generational trauma gets thrown out a lot. But I think it is true in this instance of, like, what does your what do your parents do that affects you and, and sort of fucks you up for life? Um, totally. And we see it with the other kids. But I feel like we have not really seen it with um, Rhaenyra's children as much or um, or the Valerians, which is a shame. It is a shame. It does feel, though, that the Valerians and Rhaenyra's kids with with Leonor Hardwin um, really do get along with each other. They mm. really do seem to. I mean, they're cousins, um, and, but yeah. it seems like they really have each other's backs, whereas like they clearly don't have that connection with um, the other Targaryen children. Right. I think that was apparent in the uh, the funeral episode as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so it seems like they're not too upset about this like could be worse um so after this Rhaenyra visits Viserys in his room at night and he's mistaking her for Alicent and this is a really sad scene um she's very emotional and she realizes this is probably like her last ditch effort like things are going really badly for her and she's basically begging her dad and he he doesn't know what's going on he's like mumbling and she says like you know you've you've given me a lot to bear like do you believe this do you believe in the song of ice and fire do you believe what you told me about Aegon? and he kind of like is just muttering he's not really he's just like a song of ice and fire like i don't know and she's just sitting there like kind of like silently crying um and she says you know if you wish me to bear this then you need to defend me and my children and he just starts like muttering something under his breath we had the closed captions on when we watched it both times and neither time was there there was a translation so it's it, i i don't think he was really saying anything here um and she's just sitting on the foot of his bed kind of like yeah. quietly sobbing which is just really she's probably crying because her dad is decrepit and just not mentally there but she's also crying because everything is slipping away from her these people are you know she has nobody she's completely alone her and damon and their kids are just completely alone it's um, all going wrong yeah everything's everything's going wrong for her here mm -hmm. this is a sad scene yeah it was definitely it was definitely upsetting i really wanted to know what he was saying but I, yeah. I guess yeah. he's not really saying anything so yeah the next morning, Viserys is having his wounds tended to. He's not seemingly not on Milk of the Poppy, and he tells Otto that he wishes to have supper. Fuck Otto, by the way. I just want to yeah. say again, fuck Otto, where he's like, it's morning, your grace. And he's like, I'm talking about later, you idiot. <laughs> um, I know that. <laughs> yeah, like, I know. Hello, I'm talking about tonight. Um, but he says his whole family's here at the Red Keep, and he wants them to dine together, and he just tells him to arrange the dinner. Um, and he's sitting up, and he doesn't have a shirt on, and you can see just like, he's basically a skeleton. Yeah. This is just like very sad. Like clearly decrepit. Oh my gosh. Decrepit. decrepit. Um and I'm glad they showed us this because I feel like this just made the next scene so much more powerful. Um so we're in the throne room. Oh, fucking Otto again sitting on the throne holding court about Driftmark like get off the throne. You don't need to sit on it. Just stand in front of it or something. Like that's not yours to sit on. Like this guy's just so presumptuous. What a dick. Um, um, I will say I, I, this scene reminded me of something in Game of Thrones where um, the Lannister dad, what's his name? Tywin. Tywin. Yeah, Tywin. I believe that he was sitting on the throne. Um, I believe that is true. Giving some 
you know, holding court or whatever. So like he did the same shit, you know, so that yeah. it reminded me of that. I was like, oh, look at this. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, well, I think, Matt, it's a good point of like, there is a lot of symbolism and like who is sort of near the throne or standing on like later, much later when there's sort of a shot when all the sh shit hits the fan is like there's a shot of Rhaenyra and Alicent and I, you can see Alicent is essentially in front of the throne mm -hmm. um, and Rhaenyra sort of looking up at her and mm. there's a lot of framing around yeah. like who is on the throne and, and that is always I think a key detail is it it's it's powerful you're not supposed to sit there yeah. Damon is not supposed to sit on the throne and all that, you know, all that good stuff right yeah yeah that was like a big deal I think that Damon sat on the throne in that first episode um Oh, that's why the guy was like, "My gods!" Yeah. When he, he yeah. Came <laughs> yeah. Um, Otto holds court. He calls uh, Vaymond up to the room. He's basically saying, "Like my blood is unimpeachable. Um, you know, I, I am the the rightful heir. Whatever." Um, and Rhaenyra steps in here, interrupts him, and she says, "You know, so is my son Lucerus. Like he's the trueborn son of." Which is like rough, dude. Like you know, like. I'm rooting for her, but like that's not Lanor's kid. Like that's a little rough. Like I What's get where Vaymon is coming. No, of course. Like what else is she gonna do? But like I get where Vaymon is coming from here a little bit because like those are not they are not related to him in what in any way whatsoever. They just have his last name. So like I get it, but like I also like fuck this guy. Um, yeah, I don't know. But he basically says, you know, what do you know of Valerian blood, my princess? I could cut my veins and you still wouldn't recognize it, which I thought was a good. He's a really good actor. This guy's an ass, but he's a really good actor. Cares about his family tree. He wants his lineage to continue. He doesn't want it to die with uh, yep. with the uh, kids who are not of Valerian blood. Do you think that's yeah. like a, a big project in um, in like in school in Game of Thrones time right now? It's your family tree. You know how it was like a big project for your kids? <laughs> Probably and just the, yeah. the fucking like hopefully kids are not watching Game of Thrones. Jace and Luke have to make the biggest family tree. They're just like, oh, oh mom, my God, yeah. like and then they have that awkward one like, Mom, should I put Harwin strong? She's like, No, don't say that. Don't ever put yeah. him on there. Yeah. It always reminds me of Ned like looking through the book, being like, oh, black hair, black hair, golden mm -hmm. hair. And <laughs> the seed is strong. Yeah, the seed, the seed is, is strong. strong. Um so he finishes petition, his petition. Rhaenyra approaches the throne to speak for Lucerys. And as she starts, the door opens. Viserys, Viserys gets announced and Otto is shook. We're shook. Everybody's shook. Everybody is shook at, at what's going on here. We see Shooketh. him fully dressed, wearing the crown, wearing a gold mask on, which was kind of badass. I'm not, you know, if you're going to be disfigured, like at least have a cool gold mask like that to hide your yeah. disfigurement. The crab feeder is gagged. Viserys stole his look. Yes, like, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. The crab feeder was wearing the wish.com version of this, <laughs> uh, this mask. The crab feeder sure. wishes. Mm. Wishes. Um, the slow he, rise from Otto in this scene is the best. Amazing. Just like, oh, so funny. Yes, it's, this is a great, a great scene. Um, he makes his way to the throne. He walks himself. He has a cane. That's the only thing helping him get there. Um, the King's Guard goes to help him up the stairs. He has a very slow... The score here, by the way, is just ama amazing. Great. This is like amazing so emotional. score. Like, yeah. I could like... I immediately like got emotional watching this. There were so many times I felt emotional as Viserys is number one fan. Got very emotional watching all of this. Um, the music in the show is so good that it makes me infuriated that they didn't change the theme song yes oh yeah. my god it's so good every everything is so 
well scored that why yeah. wouldn't you just make a new theme song? they already have a theme song it plays in every episode by the way uh-huh. it's that uh, you know i you know the song but they just make that the theme why do you have to anyway you know the tune hit it no i matt i couldn't agree with you more not talked it about it enough frustrating like it feels like it, it's a nostalgia thing at this point where All they're right. like, yeah, 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 the fans love this cello. Let's go. <laughs> I can't believe. And also, they're, one of my favorite YouTubers, AltShiftX, has like a really great video that explains the intro because the intro is extremely symbolic. Yeah. You wouldn't know because it goes by so fast. So fast, And it's yeah. so small on the screen that all you see is like red sp- birding everywhere and you can't make heads or tails of it i really wish that this this sequence was different i just doesn't like it doesn't get me yeah i think maybe it's like like we were saying matt it's like the ptsd like you know like this this theme song hasn't comforted me in a long time you're like don't remind (laughs) us of what we left behind right right. we're loving this don't give us shades of of that mess that we left um no i totally agree at least do like a variation of it or something it feels lazy they already have a really good theme song they play every episode basically yeah you know whatever can't really sing it because it's hard to Mm -hmm. that's hard um viserys is walking up the court or the throne room very slowly he turns he makes eye contact with rhaenyra and rhaenyra you could feel like the weight of this for Rhaenyra, how they make eye contact. And he, he holds eye contact with her. Um, and he, you know, he says to uh, Otto, I will sit the throne today. But the King's Guard mm-hmm. attempt to help him up. And he says, I'm fine. I'm fine. He wants to go up himself. He wants to walk up himself. Um, but the crown, he's completely hunched, completely hunched over. Um, and the crown falls from his head. And, and you see a hand pick up the crown. And uh, as Viserys is going to pick it up, and he says, I said, I'm fine. And he turns over and he looks, I could like almost cry just talking about this. Um, he turns up and he sees Damon and, you know, he lets Damon help him up the stairs and put the and Damon puts the crown on his head. And uh, it's just a very nice moment that was ad libbed by Matt Smith. This was not written in the script. Um, so what do you mean? The crown it was ad- fell. So I have a I have a note here from the directors and the writers um and uh you know they said when we were shooting that i think the rehearsal again the first day the crown fell off patty constantine's head uh and matt picked it up and we just kept going we didn't stop filming and it just worked too well to make the episode even more impactful and everybody recognized how powerful it was and they said you know there was a discovery there of this moment uh and they were like, you know, we felt this and this felt like a turning point in our relationship. And apparently Damon was also supposed to have a speech at dinner that they cut for time because they felt like this specific moment overshadowed anything else that would have happened at that dinner. Mm. So this was not in the script at all. So great job. Interesting. Yeah. Great choice. I mean, like I could like it. I feel emotions right now. just talking about it because yeah, these brothers I mean- had such a fraught relationship. And like, finally, you know, Damon never really had great faith in his brother as the king and now he's he's helping him up he's seating him on the throne he's handing he's he's finally viserys is finally rising to the occasion yeah the crown falling and him picking it up and putting on him was really nice but just the turn where he thought it was the guard and i was like it's damon and it was damon was like the best i thought it was such a good yeah scene like a a culmination of their or at least like a such a repair for their relationship yeah you know which felt really nice this is just like this episode is a this episode is a bookend, you know, but also like an opening of a whole new, sh- like all, all new shit. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it's very interesting. 
Yeah, I you know, I know that Damon's a psychopath in a lot of ways and totally. a murderer and kind of crazy and stabby. <laughs> yeah, but he's he's grown. He's grown. He's grown. <laughs> Anyways, don't don't fast forward ten more minutes. Um but he <laughs> but I do think my hot take is that I do think he would have been a good hand at the king. I think because so too. he is somebody who will speak to his brother honestly. He now he's very self-interested. Don't get me wrong. He's not like he's better than Otto in terms of how much I want something to happen for me. But he does love his brother and he does want his brother to be successful. And I think that he would have had good intentions with guiding his brother and giving him information. Um, I also feel like here's uh, to, to sort of sidetrack to like the general vibe of the room. Why are all these people here while this family? Yeah, like who are all these on? people here? Yeah, who are all these people? Who it's are the visitors? Question. Who are the watchers? Is it like a tour group that comes in? Hey guys, check out the they're hosting court in the Red Keep today. Let's go look. And then it's just like everyone yelling at each other. I, why are there so many people? This is how you get a rumor out that Rhaenyra's kids are not her kids. Is Truly. you let everybody in their room while they're arguing about it? Like what is going Truly. on? That's a good point. Who are those people? Yeah, it's very interesting. The scene where Damon came a few episodes ago where he came back from the Stepstones and he had that wooden crown on his head and his, his mm-hmm. really bad haircut. Um, there were a bunch of people in that room too and I don't know who those people were either. Um, but there were a lot. That yeah. room was way more full there. And I was I think I said the same thing. Like, who are all these people? Um, but yeah, this was beautiful. Um, it felt like finally Viserys cared so much about repairing these relationships with his family. In the last episode before this, he tried to bring Damon back to King's Landing. He said, Pentos is my home. But here he is he's it just feels i don't know it just feels like a nice i think you said it perfectly a nice bookend for their relationship and it i'm sure viserys appreciated that in his last few moments so they're celebrating the death of his son (laughs) it's been a while right right but uh yeah i guess i think damon would have been he's definitely grown as a character um maybe he would have been a good hand and like i I really feels like he would have he's obviously very upset and at least in the beginning of the show that he his brother kept pushing him away and he lets people like Otto Hightower closer you know do you think he would have been less of like a scumbag if he had him his hand and maybe you wouldn't I think so I think the I think I mean I don't know what I don't know Damon's full background or anything like that obviously I haven't read the books but it feels like he was so reckless because he didn't have anything like he didn't have a station he didn't have anything he was in charge of he didn't have a place to like he wanted to probably prove himself that he was worthy and he even said in the beginning you know like he would have been a good hand he would have been honest and like protected him from him from like protected Viserys from himself whereas Otto was just completely self-serving douchebag yeah yeah I mean I do think there's something to be said that like I don't think Damon when we first meet Damon is a good hand of the king but I think like post sir uh post sir strong's death not a bad option. Yeah, I mean, Damon I don't know. in fatherhood is a changed man. I don't know how he he got talked into Otto again. Like, pick someone else, dude. Yeah, I would like to know. Um, so Viserys sits on the throne and he says, "I must admit my confusion. I do not understand why petitions are being heard over a settled succession. The only one present who might offer keener insight into Lord Corlys's wishes is Princess Rhaenys." And like. Just the respect that he has for Rainey's. I just like, I love this so much from him. Like, Viserys is like our progressive king. Like, we, I have to stand. I'm sorry. I have to stand. Even in his dying days, he's fully here, mentally here. And it's just like, I said what I said. 
why are we doing what's what is this like what this has already been settled this is a settled matter what the fuck are we doing here and like it took everything in him to do this um he gives he continues to respect his cousin so much uh and she she comes through i think i think in that moment that recognition and that sort of is portrayed as in the scene i don't know if this is what they were going for but to me it felt like that recognition in that moment made her immediately decide like I'm going with uh, mm. Rhaenyra, 100%. Right? I feel like before that she was like, whatever. But, but like, you could see like a little smile on her face once he called her name out, you know? And uh, probably some of the strongest in acting, but like the strong, his character, like Viserys is the strongest he's ever been in this moment, even though he's like also kind of weak because he can just like, I mean, like, you know that Otto's doing this, you know that your wife is doing this, just get him out of there, but but whatever. So yeah. in his weakness, this is one of his strongest It does moments. feel like this is the most firm that he's been and the most hard that he's been. Like, he's taking a hard stance for the first time. Yeah. And right. I don't know if it was in a podcast or if I read it somewhere, but people were saying, like, this is one of the first times where he sat on the throne and it, like, seemed like he was comfortable and it didn't cut him. Like, he finally came into being king in his, like, last few hours, which is just, like very sad yeah he's finally influential in some way um and i also think that him even showing up to this moment influences renice to confirm that yeah. she is on that side because also what renice is doing is is remember doing her husband's wishes is following mm -hmm. her husband's desires because renice wanted to break order and have bela take the throne take take over driftmark and now Bela can take over Driftmark. And so she's getting what she wanted while also respecting her husband's wishes. And I think, you know, they are one of my favorite relations. Everyone is so Same. horny for Damon and Rhaenyra. Get no, out of here. I appreciate these correlations. Look at this long-lasting yeah. marriage where they can have conflict and still support each other. That's what you guys want. Stop being horny for Matt Smith. Jesus. He has no <laughs> eyebrows. Um, but <laughs> this is oh, like... Yeah? Really, like, really doesn't, especially in this show. They're like they're so blonde, they're gone. Mm. Um, and oh, you're right, he doesn't have eyebrows. Get you got to get the strong eyebrow gene. <laughs> Matt's face is so funny. Um, How I never noticed this. I think that Renice really cements, uh, a, and you know, I guess the public's there, so she cements her support. Um, and I think that again, now Veyman's response. I think in some ways can be attributed to his family and what he wants. But I think in many other ways, a lot of what the show is about is about men not being able to accept women's independence and strength and fortitude. Like Kristen Cole can't uh, accept when young little Rhaenyra is like, no, I, I have to do this. I can't just run away with you. Yeah. And he's like, that makes you a slut then. Like, okay, yeah. Jesus. Um, and I think this is another example of like, a woman being assertive using her power and men being like, are you kidding me right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think this is what this I is bullshit. with you guys in that, like this is the moment where like Rainey's made her decision because someone was mm. finally giving her the opportunity to speak for herself and ask her what she, she's sitting on the throne in Driftmark right now. Her husband is the ruler of Driftmark. What does he want? What do you want? Like, who cares what this rando brother wants? Like, he, who is he? Um, so, you know, he. I think Viserys is really the only person that's, aside from her husband, that's really respected her in this way. Love to see it. Love Viserys the best. Love her too. 
Um, and she says, it was ever my husband's will that uh, Driftmark passed through Lenor, his trueborn son, Luceris. Uh, and she says it. And, you know, his wishes never changed, nor did mine. And then she mm-hmm. confirms the proposal. And then Viserys says, well, it's settled again. Like, <laughs> we don't need yeah. to bring this up again. It's, That's again, fine. this is settled. Again. Yeah. And Vayman loses his shit. Um, mm. Loses his shit. He says, this is no true Valerion. There's certainly no nephew of mine. Uh, that! And, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Viserys is like, Lucerus is my trueborn grandson, and you are no more than the second son of Driftmark, which I'm like, burn. Get him, Viserys. Get him, Viserys. Get him. You're missing an eye and half your face and all of your body weight, but like you're still, you still got it. You still got it. He's still sharp. It yeah. And he goes on to talk about like, you know, my house has faced tribulations and blah, 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 whatever, and the doom or whatever it's called. Um, yeah, and doom he's this. Like, and, yeah. And I will not see my, my bloodline ended on account of this. And then Damon's like, fucking say it. Say it. Like, say, say what you. What were you say? It's, and then it's he that says, TikTok her- meme of be fucking for real. Let's be fucking for real here then. Go <laughs> ahead. Yeah. He calls his bluff and he he goes for it and he says, her children are bastards. And it reminds me of like that. I don't. I never saw 300, but like it reminds me of like this is Spart or what is that from that movie? I don't even know. But he like very heartily says like her children are bastards. And then he says, and she is a whore. And Viserys stands up with all of his might, takes out his dagger ready to defend his daughter's honor and his grandchildren's honor and says, I will have your tongue for that. And Damon handles it and chops his head sliced right diagonal down the side. Tongue's still intact, but that's basically all that's intact. And just says like, he can keep his tongue. Pretty sweet. I mean, I was into that. Yeah. Respectfully. What is Viserys going to do in this situation? <laughs> still, he, 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 he got up. Like, he got Sir, up. You are not stabbing anyone. Listen, not so too much sad. on Viserys. Not too much. Not too much. <laughs> My guy. Listen, it's the thought. Yoda would never. Yeah. That's all I have to say. Um, also Are you kidding something, me? <laughs> something to remember with Daemon in this moment and, and the, the sword that he uses, Dark Sister, is like, this is, again, this is Valyrian steel. This is not mm-hmm. the cheap shit. This is this is why he's <laughs> able to, like, slice through a guy's head. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, in one swoop is because this sword is super powerful and, like, really quite the you know valyrian steel all that jazz and i think that i was forgetting that and in my brain i was like wow that was crazy just like slice it and i was yeah. like oh right clean. that's a mega sword like very clean wound. it's also a really big boy yeah he, he was supporting it with like two hands like down like that it looked like, it looked like a really big sword so yeah yeah that's I'm sure it's very valyrian steel pretty cool how do i get yeah. a valyrian pen <laughs> i don't you're just ripping up That's your paper question. constantly while you're trying. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, you're like, have to hold Damn it with it. two hands, right? With two hands. It's so heavy. Um, Viserys is overwhelmed by the pain here. And um, Allison is like, oh, guards, like, oh, get, get him milk of the poppy. And he says, no, he will not cloud his mind. He he wants to, he needs to make things right. No milk of the poppy. He does not want his mind to be clouded. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we move to dinner. Another scene that really gets me here. Any final thoughts on the throne room? Nope, I think we got it all. Oh, that was the door. We also see Rainey's actually another stellar scene. I didn't write any notes on it, but she's she's watching Bayman's body get prepared uh, to be sent back to Driftmark. And, you know, the maester comes over and speaks to her and is like, you know, it's bad luck to, you know, um, look at the dead, whatever. Um, and she's like, this the the stranger has visited me more times than I can count. Like, you know, this is basically... She's just so powerful here. And I just... 
I just wonder what's going through her head. Like, I have to wonder, is she feeling like maybe she'd make the right decision? Or is she worried about what's to come? Is she worried about her husband? Like, there's probably so much running through her mind right now. Um, and you can really just tell, I mean, she's so silent and so, um, she's so even keel, but like you, there's so much behind it. She's just, she's incredible. Yeah. She is. I also feel like, you know, it, it's one of those things where she has just seen so much death around her. She's lost both of her kids. Mm -hmm. And her husband's questionable. Husband's, husband's current life status questionable. And she just really, I think, is feeling the desperation of being one of the last people left alive of her family. And at this point, it's, like, not surprising to see somebody die in this manner. It's just the mm -hmm. that life is a burden. And I think that she played it very, very well um, and also very creepy for those sisters with their little freaking, like, mm -hmm. pizza boxes behind their head. I uh, Like, they are creepy. For sure. It's for this stability. It's a gorgeous scene, though. Right. All those candles is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how do they actually see what they're doing? They need some more light there. Yeah. Oh, candles. This is not a sterile environment with good lighting. It's a little weird. They did a good job of cleaning up Vaymond and getting him prepared. His face was very intact thanks to that sword. Clean, clean break. Very clean. <laughs> so we move on to dinner. Everyone is gathered in the dining room. It's tense. Allison and, and Rhaenyra are both on either side of the empty seat that's left for Viserys. They're kind of like glancing over at each other, but they're not, you know, they're not acknowledging each other. Everybody's quiet. Um, Viserys is brought in on his chair uh and he says how good it is to see you all tonight together alicent gives a little prayer um and viserys gives a toast to his grandsons to their betrothed um to, and to luke as lord of the tides uh and while he's toasting aegon is being just a shithead and is messing with jace about like oh i guess you gotta finally feel what it's like to like be with a woman if you need to know how it's done like blah. like just being total fucking gross dude um, and you can tell Jace and, um, you know, everybody at the table is uncomfortable. All the kids are uncomfortable with this. Tensions are rising. Yeah. Your cousin has sex once and then he starts bragging about it all the time. And you're like, bro, I don't care. Like we go to different schools. You're not, you're not cool to me. Okay. Um, I feel like, uh, Al Allison's prayer really made me laugh where she's just like, what did she say? She said like, oh yeah, yeah. She's like, and, uh, you know. R.I.P. to, to Vaymon and Damon just starts laughing yeah. and I was like motherfucker yeah. show some respect in this one moment yeah Damon one cannot keep it together <laughs> I find it, it so weird that they're like normal I mean it's normal for them I guess but like it's trying to normalize it for us the viewer kind of where um Aemon not Aemon Aegon is like and he speaks to his cousin. He's like, oh, if you want to know how it's done, like, you know, let me know. And he's like, oh, yeah, let me go worry, back to my, my sister, sister wife. Fuck, yeah, fuck my yeah. sister. So it's like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's I, a lot. I feel like, because I feel like the other people in Game of Thrones who aren't Targaryens, like, find this to be weird, right? Like They do. Allison even says, like, I know you Targaryens have queer customs. Like, everybody doesn't feel like this is... This is not normal yeah, for other so, families. Yeah, I mean, whatever. think about, like, the phrase. Remember, like, you know, the phrase yeah. and the... um the fucking guy in the woods the, I don't know. Uh, the way the the up north yeah yeah yeah. The, like, yeah yeah those are always sort of revealed to be like despicable characters and sort yeah. of unlike yeah, and, and cersei too with uh yeah. jamie that was weird too and people, i mean like, that was a huge tones talking about that secret like that you know well that that's was... because like her one of her 
they had the line of succession. Well, also because of the incest. Yeah, but the incest wasn't cool either. But sure. So well, I just find I mean, this. Like it... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so we agree that we agree. All right. Yes, we agree that we agree. Okay. Good. Um. So Viserys stands up and he says, you know, it both gladdens my heart and fills me with sorrow to see these faces around the table. The faces most dear to me in all the world, yet grown so distant from each other in years past. And then he takes off his gold mask. And again, like, oh my God. we see his eyeball. He doesn't have an eye. His, it's like his whole face is caved in. He's like basically a skeleton on one side of his face. Like he's truly decaying in front of everybody. Um, and he says... <laughs> I wrote his speech here. Um, my own face is no longer a handsome one. Of course I did. I'm giving the respect to my true king. Um, my own face is no longer a handsome one, if indeed it ever was. But tonight, I wish you to see me as I am. Not just a king, but your father, your brother, your husband, and your grandsire, who may not, it seems, walk for much longer among you. <laughs> Let us no longer hold ill feelings in our hearts. The crown cannot stand strong if the house of dragon remains divided. Set aside your grievances. If not for the sake of the crown, then for the sake of this old man who loves you all so dearly. What a performance by Patty Considine here. If that's not Emmy, then what is, Naomi? I I, I agree. I think he deserves the <laughs> Emmy. Don't get me wrong. I think he deserves the Emmy. I do not think that Matt Smith just sitting around brooding in the background deserves an yeah, Emmy. Yeah, no. No, but Patty Considine yeah, is, has been incredible You can't get an Emmy without any eyebrows. It's a requirement. Yeah, it's, it, yeah it is the law. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> I also, so if you'll notice, like, the side of his face that's fucked up is the side that is facing the high towers and is facing mm. oh. um, his mm. family. And that I'm not a genius that was pointed out online, but I think that it is very symbolic that like he's lost yeah. his eye. He really can't see what they're doing. Bro, his ch like this hole through his face. Yes, he went full of Gus Fring, yes. huh? And he it's did. like, <laughs> it is the symbol of like this family has destroyed him in many ways this this mm -hmm. new family that he created where he was happy with his regular old me and Rhaenyra you know we could have just been like a cool little father daughter we do everything together vibe and, and instead he has all these shithead kids mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah he just not married remarried well he didn't want to he didn't I want know to but he's the fucking um, king who's gonna who's he answering to no one right. no one but god well so, you like, know yeah yeah it's true. That's why I was like, they're like, oh, it's your responsibility. Just be like, fuck you. I, but, you know, he's uh, well, he's not is, very strong-willed. Right? I know well, that's exactly. his character. Is not, he does what other point. people have been told him to do because he probably yes. deep down doesn't feel like he is a good king or the rightful king or there's probably always something in his mind that, like, you know, Rhaenys was the one that should have been sitting on this throne, but she wasn't because she's a woman. And here I am, kind of like this flop. Um, but he grew flop. Right, the moments before his, his death really feels like he's become his strongest-willed. Um and, and I think he so could have been a really great king. Yeah, I know. Well, he kind of fumbled the bag at the end, which I... So close. What can you do? I mean, listen, this was rough. This was rough, but we'll get there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think finally he's... It, it's just kind of it's kind of tragic. Um, and if he had the right people around him, I think he probably really could have been this king the whole time, but he was just surrounded by these people who were just shitty, um, which is sad. Yeah. Yeah. Rhaenyra raises her her cup to the queen and she says, you know, I love my father, but I must admit no one has stood more loyally to his side than his dear wife. And she toasts to her and gives her her gratitude and her apology, which was a really sweet 
moment. Um, Yet and again, it seems Rhaenyra like really... opening the door, by the way. This is the second again, time yes. that she's opened the door to try to mend fences. The first time she's, you know, Allison was like, fuck you, basically. And this yep, is the yep. second time, and it seems to have actually meant something. Yeah. Well, it seems like Viserys's words held weight. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, seeing him as he is, seeing that he's so close to no longer being with them, they they took this time really to mend the fences that he was just begging them to mend finally. Um, and it felt like, you know, things were being somewhat repaired. Um, and it seems to finally work, like you said, on Alicent. And she says, you're, you know, you're, you, uh, you, you move me deeply, princess. We're both mothers. We love our children. And we have more in common than we sometimes allow. I raise my cup to you in your house and you'll make a fine queen, which is a huge deal that she mm. says you will make a fine queen. We get a flash to Otto. He's clearly not pleased. And he's like, oh, shit. And it feels like they reverted back to when they were friends, when they were teenagers. And we even see them later on. You know, Allison doesn't want Rhaenyra to leave. They're holding hands like they did when they were kids. Rhaenyra says she's going to come back and on Dragonback. And it was cute. Unfortunately, things just go awry very quickly um, yeah. from there. But I also think that this is a sign of like, this is, again, the generation, right, is that uh Viserys didn't pay attention to his kids Alicent didn't like Alicent's children essentially get the brunt brunt of it where they don't they're not loved so she is poisoning their minds of like yo Rhaenyra's like you gotta be careful Rhaenyra's gonna take over yeah. and you're gonna be <laughs> because Otto is in her right. head and and hate these kids hate your cousins hate your cousins and then uh or your nephews or whatever the fuck they are and then uh with the other kids it's the same thing of like hey i don't like these guys they're and they create this this um division and this uh animosity between them and then when the parents who were friends are like actually you know what i miss you bestie let's get back together let's be friends the kids don't have that same love for each other they have nothing but animosity for each other and so there are no bonds to be repaired because the hate runs deep yeah and it's sowed from their families like this this is like generational hate now that's maybe they can mend their fences but like these kids that's not gonna happen for them at all um but Aegon continues to be a little shit and uh harassing his soon-to-be wife I think it's Bela um is the one that he is messing with and he's like oh if you need any tips on how it's done blah blah um yeah and Jace stands up kind of like slams the table and uh Eamon kind of like meets him also standing up uh to like just be like oh yeah you're gonna try it like I'm a psycho you don't want to fuck with me um, look at my chin yeah and and um things feel tense for a minute but then Jace cooler heads prevail Jace makes a toast to Aegon and Eamon and he says, you know, we have fond memories of our shared youth. And as men, we hope that they may yet still be friends and great allies. But he's like kind of like giving him a slap on the shoulder, which is very funny to me. Like he's, yeah, like you a know, punch in like, the shoulder. Yeah. Aegon uh, um, a- looks so defeated. Or here he goes to yours as well. I, I thought that was very funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which just goes to show like this family is the one that should be ruling. It's not this awful Targaryen line that came from Alicent. It's. Rhaenyra is, she has the cooler head. She's the smart ruler. Her kids have been brought up to be great ruler. Jace would make a great king. Um, so not Aegon. He's not, he is not the one. Um, it feels like, a, it feels like both succession and arrested development kind of like all in one. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. just the absolute batch of weirdo kids that are like all fucked up by their parents and have no control over what totally. they're going to do. 
totally yeah it does kind of feel like a really weird arrested development (laughs) (laughs) with like actual stakes yeah um helena starts saying beware the beneath the beast beneath the boards i don't know what this is alluding to but we know that she's one of the targaryen dreamers um every time she says something in the next episode it's something related to what she says happens mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. so we'll and see very curious about what that and positive <laughs> yeah yeah so we'll see she's what a that dreamer means. yeah um but she does stand up and she says you know congratulations being married it's not that bad they mostly ignore you until you know they're drunk or whatever someone's giggling i think it's damon like i don't know who's giggling during this they don't really show it but like this is just messy um and then they celebrate. Jace gets up. He dances with Helena. They're all having a great time. Music is playing. They're smiling. Everybody seems to be having a nice time. They're all bonding. Even Otto's like drinking up. It seems like things are finally coming together. Um, and this is all Viserys wanted his whole time. I wrote like seven sad faces here because he's like sitting there and he just like looks like, you know, he's looking on. He just seems like he's in pain and like they take him to bed. But like this is like with his last moments, it almost feels like he can let go now because... It seems like finally his whole family's together. This is all he's wanted is for his family to be together. That's all he's wanted. Yeah, it seemed like he was crying, but out of like happiness. And then yeah. it was it was too overwhelming and he just needed to go. And just like too yeah. much pain, you know, like kind of overwhelmed him. But uh, definitely very sad. Small very gripe. Sad. They don't have wheelchairs. Like, yeah, what's going on? Yeah, There's I the... know. They need to invent those. Like they had all these guys lugging him around. They could have dropped yeah. him. Yeah. Um, Where's his dragon? Get a mini dragon, for God's sake. You can't make a mini dragon? Get a baby (laughs) dragon. As he's being carried out, what's being carried in? Yes. But this insult of a pig pig. Mm -hmm. placed right in front of Aemond. Yeah, and then shit hits the fan. I don't know if it's Joffrey or um, I think it's Joffrey that's laughing at this and not. That would make sense because Joffrey's dragon. I think it's Luke. But he looks so young here. Uh, it's where just is like Joffrey? He's much younger. I don't know where. I don't know if I've ever even seen him. Joffrey was in the scene where they're like practicing their Valyrian for like. Yeah, everyone's oh, like, where the yeah, is, right. like on the floor. He's like literally just sure. That's the that. This is also something that gets my. Goat. But he's like seven or something at this point. Like he's not a six, little kid. No, so this this is uh, yeah, you're totally seven. right. Like this is what gets my goat is where it's like oh by the way here are my other kids and then like where's Joffrey. Uh, where are the kids that they just had? Where are the kids that, because uh, Aegon and Helena have had children at this point. Like, right, where are those kids? When we start when we start just like yeah. multiplying. Weird. Pretty weird. And then they're not right. relevant to the story. It's kind of like what I, and then, you know, I, like I don't, feels like that kind of thing where like a character has a child that we meet for like 10 seconds and the child dies and you're like, well, I didn't know who that was, so it doesn't right. matter to me. Right, Also, Rhaenyra has uh, a lot of kids, huh? A lot of kids. <laughs> She yeah, like six for kids wo- for a woman who literally like I think at one point in the early part of the show was like I don't want to have kids mm-hmm. yeah six, six right yeah that's a lot that's a yeah. lot that is I a lot of kids three yeah. with Damon it looks like she's pregnant or two yeah she's or pregnant I don't know. So the third she's one's coming right, right. So yeah she is pregnant coming, yeah. she is pregnant right yeah so you got um, Aegon the series and then to be announced yes TBD TBD yeah um but yeah, they bring in the roast pig. Uh, so Lucerus, I guess, begins to laugh about the prank that they played on Eamon a very long time ago. Such um, luscious hair. When they hair were previous actors. Luke. Yes, very. Well, it's very dark, strong hair. Yeah, um, it's so nice and fluffy. Mm-hmm. And uh, okay. he starts giggling. And Eamon is like, no, no. He sees it. They all see it. And then he stands up and he makes a toast. And he just says, final he- tribute to the help. 
he actually slams. It's actually funny because he slams the table, and the second he does that, all the music stops. And and Viserys asked for them to play music, so I thought it was a good. Yeah. So everyone just stops playing because they're like, Oof. yeah, celebration's <laughs> over. Celebration's over. It was a celebration while Viserys was yeah. there. Uh, GV in the chat says King V should have taken his other son with him. Everyone with one eye go to bed. <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally bedtime for everyone with one eye. Yeah. Um, Psychopath, totally you or me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, he says final tribute to the health of my nephews. Each of them handsome, wise, strong. Let us drain our cups to these strong boys. And Jace is like, you know, the, everything goes crazy. Jace punches him. Um, Matt, I think you said earlier, Egon slams yeah, one of their heads into the table. Mm-hmm. Alicent is like, don't like, Alicent is like, what are you doing? Like, why are you, would you say this? Like, he's like, what I was just saying to my strong nephews, like, uh, total asshole move. <laughs> oh, yeah. shit. Total asshole move. Luke should have taken a fork and taken out the other eye. That's what he should have done. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like yeah. tensions did not, um, simmer down from six years ago. Uh, obviously, I mean, this kid did take his eye out, but like, you know, um, he, he, he said it was worth it. He did say it was worth it. He did. Um, but all the bullying did not seem to... It's all, It's like it all built up in him. Like, Matt, I think you said he was like a school shooter earlier, which obviously we're not making jokes about school shoot. Like, you know, we're not making not. a mockery of school shooting. But, he, but, but it does feel like scary. that aggression has grown inside of him and he's he's taken that out. He's built it into like fighting and battling and just wants to like let that aggression out he's, anywhere he's he been encouraged to like essentially tap into his violent side yes and sure. he's been encouraged to like access violence and and as we know like chris and cole is very specifically training those more so aemond i think because mm-hmm. he doesn't seem like Aegon can be bothered to get over his hangover yeah. to train but that uh the the strong boys the Rhaenyra's children don't have that kind of training would be cool if maybe Damon decided like, hey, maybe I'll teach him how to swing a sword. So but- that's actually another thing I was wondering when they actually started this episode. I actually said that when they walked into and maybe in my head or maybe out loud. I don't know. Katie doesn't. I say a lot of shit. She doesn't <laughs> listen. To, I'm just joking. But um, I was I was I think I was thinking this. I was like, I wonder if in the time jump. Right. If Damon may be have trained these kids because they obviously right. are missing it. But we don't know that. Right. Maybe he did. I don't know. It yeah. does seem like it because of the way that they were looking at kind of like the weapons cache. They kind of seemed then, like, yeah, dummies. Yeah, it seemed like they were like, like oh, look at these weapons. Yeah. yeah, it didn't seem like they were like, oh, yeah, I would kick someone's ass with this. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, and, I, sorry, yeah. No, it's okay. I was just going to say that I think that that is, this scene was a symbol of how, uh, in many ways, Amond has access to his rage and his violence and his, uh, like, violent side, whereas mm-hmm. the other boys are growing up to be a little more level-headed, even-tempered, yeah. kinder, right. and at the same time, that means that they are weaker in some ways and yeah. that they cannot put up with their cousin. I also have a question. I want to know what you guys think because mm-hmm. I could not understand the vibe of some of the things I think either Aegon or Amond was saying about Jace that felt like they were implying that like he doesn't like women not like misogyny but like that he might be gay i don't remember hmm. but hmm. it was something along the lines of like if he ever has sex with you or like whatever and i was like what is that that was aegon saying to jace, jace that it's like well, you'll know what it feels like to lie with a woman Right, you'll find. Yeah. So I think like he was just calling him virgin. virgin. Yeah, right. That's what which I. Is, that's which the is vibe so, I got. which okay. is so funny and hypocritical that like 
that's something yes. to make fun of a dude for in this world, but like and Rhaenyra, you to like, say couldn't, it too. Yeah. Yeah. A guy from a rapist is either right. that, his sister or attacking women, like that, mm. of course. But Rhaenyra and like you know, but Rhaenyra couldn't, you know, such a travesty that she like was deflowered before she was married. Yeah. But like these fucking psychos can just bang whatever and be like, you're a virgin loser, you know? Right. I'm gonna go fuck my sister anyway. Well, it's kind of like that's like the premise of the whole show, right? Is just like the patriarchy. Yes, and, like, I, the, for sure. The, I, it's it's yeah. not lost on me. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it even, you know, to your point though, like it shows up even in these like smaller, more nuanced mm -hmm. ways. Mm -hmm. Um, so it seems like things are about to explode. Damon though steps in, um, and they, they have a little bit of a visual standoff here. They're staring each other down and, and Eamon stands down. Um, he's got some, quite a walk too. If you've noticed, he was like, he does have quite a walk. And you know, I think there's like these very interesting times where like, Damon is like go to bed or like steps in as like a fatherly figure. It seems like he's like chilled a little bit, even though he did yeah. just slice someone's head off. But like he does like step in in ways where he'll be like, he did it in the last episode where um you know the kids were fighting and I think it was also Eamon or Kristen Cole he stepped in. Um so it's very interesting how like subdued Damon is kind of. Mm -hmm. Um even though again he did slice someone's head in half. Um <laughs> they deserved it. Yeah, which like. Not to go back to that, but like it feels like these are all the people that like Viserys should be beheading these people, right? Like back in the day, like you make a slight on the royal family, like you should be beheading these people. You shouldn't be letting these people like walk all over you. And Damon is like taking the stand to actually do that. So, um, yeah, although I, you know, I feel like the problem is like, and maybe why Viserys is actually like so impotent in his actions is that like it's true. So he like, right. I feel like he maybe that's part of the conflict for him is that like, I don't actually want to murder someone for saying something that like deep down I know is true. And like you almost just want the problem to go away. And so you can't decide what to do until it spirals out of control. And then you have to behead someone in the middle of the room when you're like mm -hmm. dying at the age of 40 or whatever. How old he is. <laughs> like, yeah. It's out of control. That man was 29. <laughs> uh, he's not as old as they make him. He's a millennial seem. actually. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not as old as they make him seem. Probably um, not. Uh, the Game of Thrones ages were so out of control, though. It was whatever. You know. Yeah, they they played a lot with the ages of of the characters in the book too. Um, but anyway, so uh, Allison sends the kids to bed. Uh, sorry, Rhaenyra sends the kids to bed. She says to Allison, um, kind of what we said before. You know, like um, I think it's best if we go back to Dragonstone. Which to me, I'm like, your dad's literally about to die. Like you could stay, just stay. Like yeah, the kids maybe send the kids back, but like you should stay. Let them go with Damon. Or let them, like, I guess they can't get taken back by someone else. But, like, it just feels like not the move to just, like, leave right now. Yeah. It just does not feel like the right timing. bad timing. It's yeah. always bad timing. Yeah. Um, especially as it feels like you're gaining some footing here, you know? Like, don't just leave. Uh, but she says, you know, it's best if, you know, at least let me see the children home. And I'll see my way back on Dragonback. And Allison says, you know, the king and I would both like that. Like, she really doesn't want them to leave. It seems like she does want to rekindle that friendship. And maybe, finally, Allison will have someone who mm -hmm. she can confide in as a friend. But not really. I mean, we know that's not going to happen, right? So, it's terrible timing. Terrible timing all around. And these kids are just ruining everything. Yeah, I feel like, you know, what we get later in the episode where, like, the king says something while he's dying and it just destroys everything <laughs> that they just built... I do still feel like that if that didn't happen, the kids would have mm -hmm. effed it up somehow. Oh, totally. And like, it, it would have all crumbled either way. Yeah, this was not lasting. You yeah. could tell Temporary that there are, 
this whole i mean it's there's a whole notion of fate in game of thrones like the dreamers and you can tell that it's all this is fated to happen even even their relationship their like almost mended relationship is is ended mm-hmm. hours later by by series and like you know speaking his dream as i'm sure you'll get to but it's just yeah we're about it to sucks. get to it Sucks. I mean, but if it wasn't this way, then we wouldn't have a show to watch, right? It wouldn't be fun. So, yeah, I would tune in just to watch Viserys be king, but that's probably just me. I'm <laughs> yeah, a very it'd be limited. A great, uh, it'd yeah. be a great time. Yeah. Um, we do see Masar. I think her name is Masaria. Um, Damon's former maiden. Uh, and she's. I don't know where she. She's really come up since leaving Damon and Dragonstone. Um, and we see Naomi, as you pointed out, the queen's handmaiden or whoever's handmaiden, someone who's tending to the royal family. Um, going up to her and she, Masaria says, you know, it's been quite a night at the castle, it seems. And she says, yes, indeed, whatever. What do we think this is? Is this like getting back to Damon? Who's getting these secrets? What's going on here? This is very like little fingery, varicy, little birds. What do we think is this information is being used for? So I didn't get this the first time I watched. I didn't realize that this was the same girl that was in the, like the, the, mm-hmm the bedroom with um with Allison. I, I just didn't get it. But the second time I got it. Um I don't know. At first I thought maybe she was gonna like blackmail Damon because I, I don't know. I don't know why she would. I don't know if she has like any ill will towards him. None of us know because they've jumped so many times. We have no yeah. idea what her mentality is. But it seems like she maybe is like procures secrets potentially and then maybe sells them or utilize them for her advantage i mean like her 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 whole mentality earlier was that she wanted to be safe you know like right and what's more safe than holding secrets from powerful people you know so that's what it seems like she's doing i don't know if she'll help damon based on their previous relationship with this information i'm assuming yes i'm assuming that somehow she'll tell him and then this will be a big deal but or a deal in some way but yeah Mm. um I don't know. I just, uh, I, I just, the show's so good. I like, I'm so sort of like <laughs> over the moon that like we're actually getting Game of Thrones told in a way that is compelling and interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and the characters are not, you know, isn't this what we loved about Game of Thrones? These characters are not black and white. They're very gray. Yeah. They're yeah. very tough in some ways to root for. And in other ways, you're rooting for them very desperately. Like, uh, yeah. I don't know. I just love, I like, I, I just love this show. Um, and particularly, uh, I'm really nervous for next week. I don't know about you guys. We haven't gotten to like the big moment, oh, but I'm really nervous for next nervous. week. The penultimate episode. Yeah, like, isn't that when shit always hits the fan? To, yeah, yeah, something always hits the fan. I don't know if they'll episode. continue that trend with this. I'm sure show, they will. I don't you think. I don't doubt that they will. Um, yeah, I think you know. Back to the handmaiden. There was a scene in the the episode where Laris and the queen were having dinner together in her room. I don't know if it was the same handmaiden, but they made it very clear that there was a handmaiden there seeing them together. So I wonder if that's going to come back at all now that we know Zarya is kind of like getting this info and has insiders in the castle. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see where this goes. Um, I... I'm I'm curious why they they introduced it in episode eight. I'm I'm curious how it's gonna package up the episode or the season yeah. at the end. Like it just feels like something's gonna go on here. So it's, especially because she's been around for so yes. long, we yeah, could have lost her at in. any point in time, but she's just mm-hmm. like right. lurking. Obviously, she's gonna have some kind of an impact, and I'm very curious to see what it's gonna be. Yeah. So we get to Viserys. He's in bed. He's in pain. Um, Alicent comes in. 
he doesn't realize it's her. She think he thinks it's Rhaenyra. He thinks they're picking up on the same conversation they had earlier, um, seemingly the night before. Um, she's giving him milk of the poppy to put him to sleep, and he starts to finish the conversation about the Song of Ice and Fire. And he said, you want to know if I believe it to be true. Aegon, his dream, Song of Ice and Fire, it's true. What he saw in the North, the prince that was promised. And he says, to unite the realm against the cold and the dark, it's you. You're the one. You must do this. And in between, she's like, what are you talking? Who? What? Aegon? Aegon, our son? Like, she has no clue what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And then she just goes, I understand my king. And I'm like, no, you don't. No, no you, you don't. don't. <laughs> you don't understand anything. You don't understand anything. You do not understand anything. And we get a, kind of like the pan out. She leaves the room of the dagger. Um, and this is just like, fuck. I wrote in my notes, fuck. LOL. That's what I wrote. <laughs> fuck. Like, damn, we ended on such a good note at dinner. Things seem to be going great. Obviously, we know we're leading up so to Dance close. of Dragon, so it's not going to go great. But like, damn, Viserys. Damn it. That milk of the poppy, you should have kept your mind clear, like you said. Yeah. You, know, you it, did. You made things right. You did make things right. And then you undid all the work that you did. At least that's what he feels before he goes. But um, that's what I was saying before. It's like, it feels like this is a faded thing. So like yeah. that needed to happen in order to drive this conflict, in order to get to the prince of prom, the whole prophecy, right? So it's like, it's it does, does suck because it was so close, but. Yeah, I think maybe it just goes to show don't, talk to your dying father or he might just reveal information to another family member thinking it's you. No, but like (laughs) there, there is this tragedy to Viserys, which is like, he's trying so hard to be a good King. He's trying very hard to keep his family together. And every time he fucks it up, every time he cannot get things to be a finite and finished and instead like shit hits the fan at every point in time so i feel for him um i feel for him too and it does feel like matt to your point at least he thinks he made it right because she leaves the room and then he starts saying to himself like no more like he's letting go now he feels like he made things right he feels like his family's back together he got a chance to celebrate with everybody in the room one last night he probably never thought this moment would have come. He feels like he just told Rhaenyra, like, I'm cementing it. It's you. You are the one that's going to unite the realm. So he says no more. And then he just starts moaning. And we see a single tear fall from his eye. The screen goes black. He's putting his hand up. He's reaching. And he just says, my love, as it seems like he's passing on. And he's seeing Emma as he's dying, which is just so sad, which is another improv line. That was all Patty Considine. That was not in the script. He improvised that, which is just incredible. Because um, you see him so many times playing with her ring. Play like he calls Rainier his only child. It's like he sees Emma. He literally, in her. accidentally it's just calls like, Allison Emma. Yeah. Yes, he calls Allison Emma. Like you, he is mourning her for the rest of his life. He's mourning her, um, and he blames himself, of course, for forcing her to have all these children because he had this dream that he had an heir named Aegon who was going to sit on the throne. It's just very, it's all very tragic. The story of Viserys is just very tragic. So I will mourn my king, King Viserys Targaryen, first of his name. King of the Andals, the Roinar, the first men, Lord of the Seven Kingdoms. We wow. stand. We stand. Um, Protector of the realm. Yeah. Fun, fun little like parallels, right? We got Viserys in a gold mask this episode. And what Viserys do we remember that had a lot of gold on his face? way long yeah ago. that's very that's a great point uh daenerys's brother viserys who's one of my favorite the name viserys one of my favorite yeah that was a great scene. scene just like that was a great scene 
one of those moments where you're like, oh, that's what this show's going to be? Okay. <laughs> right. Let's do it. Right. Um, I want to read that something that Patty Considine put on his Instagram. Um, George R. R. Martin has told him that his Viserys is better. I'm eulogizing my guy, Viserys. Uh, he said he got a text message from George R. R. Martin that says, your Viserys is better than my Viserys. Um which is very sweet. Uh, but he said, you know, thank you for the kind words. I cannot reply to every comment, but I'd like to acknowledge that they haven't been lost upon me. It was an incredible adventure where I made lots of new friends that will be with me for the rest of my life. I'd like to thank the creators for allowing me the freedom to make Viserys my own. I've never loved a character so much. I want to give massive love and respect to, I think, Brooke Cyan, who I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name right, but who plays Emma, who came in for only a few days, but changed the course of my character with her brilliant performance and commitment to the work. The impact stayed with me until my final improvised words. Improvised words. She unlocked the missing piece of the puzzle for me and allowed my story to come full circle. From the moment she dies, so does Viserys. It was a love story. That's the secret I carried with me. As sick as he gets, he never himself demands any cure. He quietly accepts his suffering, never forgiving himself for putting his beloved wife through such torture in her final moments. Viserys was a gift. I'm so honored he found me. Now, no more. Oh. Uh-huh. Oh. Patty Constantine, amazing. Viserys, amazing. I mean, how sad. It's true. He never... We never see him in this series demanding a cure, demanding wh- finding out why somebody, you know, more maesters. Even that one scene, Naomi, that you brought up before with the other maester who was like, let's try this other cure. The other maester's like, no, Milk of the Poppy and the leeches have like been working fine. Like, it's almost like he feels like he has to punish himself, Yeah, which is in- kind of incredible that this is like all work that was done by Patty Considine and that was not really written into the show. So like, bravo to you. We will miss you, Viserys. I will miss you, Viserys. My king. A great character. Rest in peace. I really like that we got finally the confirmation that he sees Rhaenyra as his like only child. Yeah. By the way, yeah. that's like, I know you mentioned that, but like, I think yeah. it's really important to see that and like kind of gives perspective to the other kids and stuff. But he, you know, he did a great job. I really like that. He said it's a love story. That's really yeah. very nice. And it's obviously punishing himself Tragic. or like saying yeah. he deserves what's happening to him. So, and him letting go at the end is like, him thinking that he he set things right, so at least yeah. he went out with a bang. Yeah, like you know, but there's so there's so much to like that has already been said, both by like by you guys and by Patty and you know George R. Mm-hmm. R. Martin himself endorsing it. Like it is really great, and I feel like again, um, last week I watched the Game of Thrones episode seven, and mm-hmm. Robert Baratheon literally dies off screen, and yeah. like mm-hmm. there's. Either I feel like deaths in Game of Thrones a lot of the time are either shock value. I mean, certainly we got a lot of those this season. There's like shock value deaths and then there's very meaningful deaths. And this is like one of the most quiet, subdued deaths that we've seen in Game of Thrones. And I thought it was really well done. And it reminds you that it, not every death needs to be like a, a zomb- ice zombie biting your face off, you know? <laughs> totally. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm you brought up something, too, that I, I kind of wanted to touch on is like I'm. I'm glad they made his death so devastatingly sad. Like, this is very sad. There are so many times, Matt, I think you said it earlier, like, we thought we were going to lose him like five episodes ago. The fact that he made the first time jump with us was a shock because we saw him pass out at the end of the wedding uh, of Lenor and Rhaenyra thinking he was dead. Like, they very easily could have just been like, oh, King's dead. Everything's going to shit now. But, like, they really made it this tragic, devastating story. Um, And I'm glad because it gave us it gave a lot of weight, even though we knew, like we knew he was going to die, like obviously, mm-hmm. but just to make it so emotional and make us like feel it. I think that was really great storytelling. Yep. <laughs> Very sad. 
Very sad stuff. Yeah, I wonder without him in. Uh, I mean, I, I know the show is going to pivot to more of like, uh, I don't know if it's mm-hmm. going to be like full out war or whatever or drama. I mean, I, I I don't think the strength of I've heard this somewhere else, but I don't think the strength of Game of Thrones or these types of series has ever been like the the battles. It's again, it's mm-hmm. always been like the character development and stuff. And like, sure, a cool battle here and there is sweet. Yeah. But I, I said when they first announced the show, I actually wasn't interested in the show at all. Because I don't give a shit about dragons. I don't fucking care. I don't think they're that cool, to be honest. I think big lizards, uh, magical sorry, dragons. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, everyone's like, who, gonna get mad, but I'm same. With you. I don't. I don't, I don't fucking care. About care. They're either, not that yeah. cool, guys. They're not that cool. Well, anyway, so I didn't want to see a whole show about dragons and like fighting with dragons and using creatures as instruments of war. I'm like, oh great, that's cool. I don't care about that. It makes yeah, me sad, more fire breathy, yelling, flying right. BS. Right. Let yeah. me just let me train this dog and then train this dog, kill people and this dog's going to die. It's like the same thing. So I don't want to see that. But thankfully, they haven't done that at all. Basically, they're like they're they're yeah. there, but they're not like, you know, it's not really the, the forefront of the show, which I appreciate. I hope they don't pivot towards, you know, more. I'm sure we'll see some of it, you know, as the coming war happens. But I just hope it's not like the total focus. You know what I'm saying? So we'll see. Yeah. I'm cautiously optimistic. To me, I think the one interesting scenario that there is that we haven't really seen before, because we saw Ice Dragon versus Fire Dragon, mm-hmm. but we've never seen a battle between dragons, right? Right. Sure, yeah. I think it could be very boring. I'm kind of with you, Matt, is like, I ha- I'm very sort of tentatively looking forward to it, um, if that's something to happen. Like, I actually don't really know, but my prediction is, well, if you have people who are fighting and they both have dragons, you have to assume that at some point, you know. Right. Right. They're gonna Harry Potter like blow fire at each other and just like <laughs> <laughs> Dragon Ball Z, sure. Yeah, I, and so I I would like to see that, but yeah, for the most part, like uh, what I also liked about they didn't have the dragon that I feel like they kind of did ignore is like when that scene when they he visits the, where the crab feeder is attacking and he just steps on the guy who's like thank God yeah that was pretty great squish like mm-hmm. these these are not uh not very gracious uh not gracious i don't know they're not subtle right they're just gonna crush everything in their path doesn't matter who it is and i feel like that was a little bit explored but i would be interested to see that explored more is like their weapons but like you don't pick and choose who gets burned like everybody gets burned i mean we saw it and when daenerys was just burning down king's landing i mean there was no my queen you know um no I mean, everybody, anybody who got in the way was just yeah. roasted alive. Um, yep. I was not. The chosen too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was not uh, very excited about the show either um, because to- the Targaryens have never been my favorite. I was never really a Daenerys fan. I right, yeah. clearly yeah. didn't like her brother. The only other Targaryen we knew, aside from Jon, um, which was a theory at the time, um, was uh, the Mad King. So it's like, you know, we knew of. Um, um, also, his brother, the, but we didn't know him, know him, you know, yeah. like the maester dude in uh, Maester Amon. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. Well, we like him too. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was cool. Yeah, um, but I was just kind of like, I don't really care about these Targaryens. Like, what's all the hype about the Targaryens? Who gives a shit? And now I'm like fully in. I'm like, oh, I love the Targaryen. Like, I'm all in. I mean, like Viserys specifically, and Rhaenyra and Daemon. Like, I'm in. Um, maybe not so much, you know, Aegon. The child Aegon. Well, they're all Targaryens. Well, I mean, there's two Aegons, so yeah. I mean, like it's it's a lot, but uh, yeah, I think it's all very um, very interesting. So we'll see where we go from here. I love their instincts. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, (laughs) Things are definitely going to take a turn. Things are going to get very dramatic very quickly. I think, um, which again is why I'm glad they gave us these final moments with Viserys to like let us feel emotion before 
shit hits the fan. So yeah. rest in peace, Viserys. Really miss. Rest in peace. He's really keeping it all together. Keeping the, as much, even though he had no idea that he was, he was really the peacekeeper of the realm. Um, shit's about to hit the fan. Yeah, a time you, of peace. Obviously, you guys are, are you on the greens? Are you the blacks? How do you, do we know? I mean, can we assume? I'm rooting for uh, the people who don't have crazy psychopathic children. Yeah. Uh, that's my that's hot take. Fair. That's fair. Yeah, the same here. I mean, it's re- they really made it very difficult to root for the uh, high towers. And, I mean, there's no, I mean, there's no high towers in Game of Thrones, so I mean, I assume they're not there. <laughs> Something happens. Yeah, I mean, I guess we. I mean, it is. I mean, as far as we know, I mean, who knows? It's two hundred years later, um, and the end of that line, as far as we know, because Allison or Allison is the only child of Otto. His wife passed away. Right. She, she's a Targaryen now. She's married, so like, she's not gonna have any high. T- the Hightower line oh, that, is pretty much dead is with true. them anyway. I guess it's, I guess um, it's unless done, there's right? other, you know, we met her uncle. I don't know if they have kids or whatever. The oh, situation yeah, is there. True. But like coming yeah. from Otto, it feels like that line is dead anyway. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Right. We'll see. Yeah. So I'm definitely on the Targaryen side, I guess. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. George R. R. Martin has come out and said that it will take four seasons, 10 episodes each to fully tell the story in its entirety in the way that it's meant to be told. So I'm sure HBO is going to be like, okay, great. Sign me Four up. Four seasons sounds good. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with um, that. But I guess like we're going to get to a point where they are no longer going to time jump as much or change actors. I feel like if you're going to have four seasons, they're probably going to have like three of those seasons with the same actors. Yeah, and then maybe at the end they'll do another time jump and then it'll be like older or whatever. But I assume we're, I assume this season will be the time jump season. And then if you're having three of them, then this, yeah, it feels like this static. season is like the prequel season of like yeah. all of the events leading up. Um, and then the rest will be like the full story playing out. But again, like I don't, I've tried very hard to stay unspoiled. As I've said a few times on this podcast with Chanel and Javier, I did see a few things, unfortunately this week that I think did spoil me on some things, but I still don't know. Oh, no. Fully, um, it's really hard out there in the Reddit streets to stay. I don't and on Twitter. I mean, it's like everybody is just. This is coming from someone who got spoiled about Jon Snow getting stabbed in like an Instagram comment, like four seasons before it happened. So like, I was like, Uh. fuck this show. Um, and then I just went all in on the wiki page and just read everything. So I'm trying not to do that with this. Uh, I'm trying to stay as unspoiled as possible. But we'll see what happens. I know. Stick to it. Uh, when I started watching Game of Thrones because I was like, what happens next? And yeah. then it went so far off the rails that I was like, that's not what happens next. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, maybe I'll read the book in the off season and see. Uh, I was thinking about that too. Go. I think, you yeah. know, but, oh, but then am I going to get spoiled for four seasons of TV? Oh my God. I don't know if I should read the book or not. I know, it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> it is hard. Any final thoughts? We're at the two hour mark, but this episode was, I think, Damn. worth spending the extra time on because it was just so, it was a beautiful episode, episode and it was again seemingly the final episode that we will know some sort of piece um so i'm glad we spent the time on it and i'm glad we eulogized my my guy viserys um we'll do it again with chanel and javier back because i need javier's thoughts as my fellow viserys stan um but any final thoughts you know just just uh pay attention to your kids you know make sure that they have hobbies and activities and things to do so that they don't fall into the wrong crowd of people like Kristen cole 
4chan. Writer. Yeah. Makes if sense. you're going to call some people bastards, make sure your back is to the wall. So yeah. you you know, you can't get snuck it. up on. Well, it'll it'll come from Damon would have done it right in front of his face too, I think. I'm saying they could defend himself a little bit, but true, that's true. my word of advice. That's that my <laughs> final thought. It's good advice. It's good advice. Um Awesome. Well, thank you guys for being here and uh, stepping in with, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, if anybody listening listens to The High Ground uh, for our Obi-Wan recaps, you will know. um, I mean, Naomi's on a lot of other coverage here on Silent Podcast as well, um, which I will let her talk about. But we, you know, this is the crew that talked about The High Ground. Um, Thank you guys for being here. Um, Naomi, where can people find you on the internet if they would like to keep up with what you're doing? Yeah, well, if you enjoy me going off the rails while Katie keeps us all together. You should listen to the high ground, <laughs> um, which we just started covering Andor. And let me tell you, Katie, great episode of Andor. Lot to great. talk about. Great episode. Great episode. You don't want to miss it. Um, but tomorrow I am talking about episode six of the mole with JD and Carrie. I'm psyched. Also a great show. Great, great. show. We're on new a episodes coming out tomorrow. I cannot wait. I'm psyched. Hashtag team joy. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> just just chaos. I love chaos. Yes. Um, and oh, man. So there's also we have some old Top Chef coverage and Project Runway coverage. Those seasons, those new there are new seasons of those shows coming out eventually. It'll be me and my quick fire queens, Gia and Nicole back at it whenever that comes out. Uh, I have done some fun things like nothing but Netflix and Renap recently. And I have a podcast called Mike White was Rob. So go listen to that. That's yeah. You know, and follow me on Twitter at Naomi Calhoun. I don't know. You know, like if you know, you know. <laughs> if you to know, follow know. me. <laughs> Naomi's a good follow. She's doing a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Matt, where can people find you? I don't know. I I don't know. I I have a Twitch, <laughs> I guess, under glances. I don't stream very much, so really not not many places. That's it. it is always a treat though when you stream Matt's follow Matt on twitch.tv slash glances. He's a he's a good time. It's always a nice surprise, but um there's a lot there's a lot happening on his on his uh on his Twitch when he does this live stream. It's it's always a good there time. There is a lot happening, that's for sure. Yeah. Well Matt, feel free to join us um if you want to talk about Andor. You you both are welcome to join us anytime again on this podcast if you would like to. There's two more episodes left of the season. Um, you can find me on Twitter at RealSimKatie if you would like to follow me. Um, you can also follow me on Twitch uh, at twitch.tv slash RealSimKatie with an underscore at the end. I also stream um, more frequently than Glances, but not that frequently. Um, no, I'm trying to get better at it, playing some spooky games, um, have a long stream coming up soon on the weekend of Halloween. It's all fun stuff going on over there. So putting more effort into that these days. Uh, also, you can find me uh, all over the place on Silent Podcast as well. Um, We've done a, a few uh, exit interviews for Big Brother 24. Um, Isaiah very funnily, funnily, humorously, I don't know, uh, referred to some of our new followers as the as the Taylor stimulus package. We got a lot of new followers from our Taylor <laughs> exit interview. Um, so, so welcome funny. if this is your first time listening to us. Um, it's so true. Uh, and I said, you know, Taylor's karma worked for us just in like, you know, in a good way. So um, welcome in everybody new if this is your first time listening to some of our scripted coverage. Uh, but if you are also a reality TV fan um, and you're listening to our scripted coverage, check out our exit interviews with Taylor Hale and... Uh, um, Monty, who came in second place, 
uh, on Big Brother 24. We may have some more interviews coming. We don't really know. We're, we're keeping our ears to the ground. But um, Isaiah is working on a project where we're going to do some rewatches of some of the old seasons. So that'll be really exciting. More news to come there soon. It'll be very fun. Um, you can also find me and Carrie covering all things Real Housewives related on The Cool Water Show. Um, Real Housewives of Potomac is back. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is back. We had a good reunion last night at Beverly Hills. So things are hitting their stride finally with Housewives. We've had a few dull weeks um, or months. So we're excited to be back talking about that stuff. I will also be joining Carrie on TJ Hates Quitters talking about the challenge. Um, I, reluctantly, I told what her at the end doing? of... It's a great question. At the end of uh, the season, I said that I... At the end of the Challenge USA, I was like, I'm giving up on the show forever. But I was like, okay, fine, I'll do it. You should have. But it's going to be a hate watch and I reserve the right to quit Terrible. at any time. So get me while you can. It'll be full of rage. Um, so whatever gonna, loyal listeners... You're going to quit TJ Hates Quitters? <laughs> TJ might hate me. I might be a quitter. He may hate me. It's totally possible. TJ drove um, her to this. He did. He kind of did. Um, you can also find Naomi and I talking about Andor uh, on the high ground. And you can, of course, continue to listen here. We'll be back every two weeks. And I will also be talking about the mole with Carrie this weekend on Saturday. So listen to Naomi on Friday. Listen to me and back Carrie on Saturday. Back, talk about the mole. Um, so yeah, what aren't I doing? I don't know. It's a great question. But Katie's not talking about Survivor. That's the one thing. I'm not talking about Survivor. I'm not. Um, maybe if she asked me to, I will. But I'm, right. I am not. Um, anyway, for those of you, again, who may be here uh, as your first time, feel free to, we would love it if you would give us some support. Um, I, if you're watching us on YouTube, there's a banner up here right now telling us where you can follow us. But we do stream a lot of our content live on Twitch and YouTube. So you can give us a follow at Silent Podcast on Twitch. You can search for us, Silent Podcast on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter to get pretty much real-time updates on what's going on and what coverage we have going live and what's being posted at silent underscore podcast on Twitter. You can also listen to us anywhere you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, I use Pocket Casts, even though Matt hates that app with a passion. Um, you can also listen to us, I don't know, pretty much anywhere. So uh, feel free to like, subscribe, leave us a rating. Uh, five stars will help us get discovered in there and, you know, the algorithm on Apple Podcasts and all that stuff. So it's much appreciated. It's a free way to support us if you would like to do that and you like what you hear. No pressure, though. If you think it's four stars or like three stars, you could just keep it to yourself for now until you hear something that's worth five stars and then give us a review then. It's totally fine. Um, thank you, everybody, though. Thank you for being here with us for this extended episode of Fire and Pod. And we'll be back next week with Chanel and Javier. And if either one of you would like to join us, you're always more than welcome. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Katie. Thanks for having me. Bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.